there is a sentence in the English language that is the longest sentence that one can say using only one word. And that sentence is buffalo, 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 right. buffalo, 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 buffalo. That can actually theoretically be extended as long as you want it to. It can just keep going. I think I think it's a law of diminishing returns at a certain point. Oh, for but, sure. But I just want to say that, like, if that sentence sounds like nonsense, it's because buffalo either doesn't have a past tense or that sentence is missing a word. It's missing who in between. You you don't necessarily need the who. The fifth and sixth buffalo. You don't need who. It's but implied. I, I, I do agree that it's a nonsensical sentence. Like, it, it doesn't actually work. No. Right? Because, because the process Also, people it, don't use buffalo as a verb. Sorry. Correct. Sorry. That's, that's actually... That's the biggest issue. I've never been like, this. yeah, I, I buffaloed that guy. Dude, no, I got didn't. I got so <laughs> fucking buffaloed yesterday. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast to buffalo all over itself. I'm uh. the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And once again, we are back for another installment of Wits Endless Summer. He yeah. The ongoing sub-series of the worst of all possible worlds in which we recap episodes of the Christian children's radio drama Adventures in Odyssey produced by Focus on the Family and Joining us today, we have a special guest we're very excited to have on the show. He is a, a playwright, a man about town. I don't know how many times I've said that in an intro, but uh, but he is a man about town. I see him about town every once in a while. It's Chaz Libretto. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Chaz, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit sort of about yourself, what it is that you write about, and then also how you got dragged into the horrible, horrible world of Odyssey. Yeah, I, I, I write plays, uh, frequently plays that are that deal with history or myth. The Odyssey is near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm producing uh, Cyclops, a rock opera right now, which was a, a musical adaptation I co-wrote with uh, composer Jason Landon Marcus about, well, it's based on the only existing satyr play uh, that we have, a 2,500-year-old lost genre of theater that's not either comedy nor tragedy that deals with the episode from the odyssey where odysseus the greek general and hero washes up on the island of the cyclops polyphemus and has to use his wits to escape excuse me sorry did you, uh, did you say, uh, sorry his, his what his, his wits. <laughs> yeah. yeah wow so it's based on a 2500 year old play uh, I didn't yeah. even know they had plays back then. I know. I don't like this character, Brian. It's very <laughs> weird. It's very disconcerting this hearing is, that come out of your mouth. version of Brian who knows nothing about theater before the year 1970. Yeah. <laughs> the LA Times called it a thrilling freak show. They did. Uh, they also called it a musical for people who are too cool for musicals. Which oh. I, I've always liked, but uh, I, I am not too cool for musicals. So yeah, none of us yeah. are. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of our thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you say? Would you say, Chaz, uh, that no man is too cool for musicals? Hey, hey, yeah. There's hey, a there's a there's a, a twenty five hundred year old pun right there. Well, maybe hey, even hey. an older one. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey, whoa! Hey, oh. I'm walking around with one eye here. You know, I don't believe that you don't know anything about Greek plays. <laughs> what? No, no. I've, uh, it's all Greek to me. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. Uh, unfortunately, though, we are not here to talk about the Odyssey. 
we are here to talk about <laughs> adventures in no, Odyssey. We are, so, we, are, we are now going to a world where the only satyr that anyone has ever known is Mr. Tumnus. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm, I am curious about this, Chaz, too, because you were telling me about your exposure to adventures in Odyssey. I think it was after our live show. Well, so I uh, was uh, raised going to the Episcopalian Church. It's sort of the uh, bud light of Catholicism. I feel like you're being a little bit too hard on Episcopalians. I think that it's actually the bud light with lime of Catholicism. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, there's a little, yeah. a little, a little zest to it. Uh, Here's the thing. I think you can be too hard on Episcopalians because there's like 17 of them. Right. So, <laughs> we're so lucky we got one here today. It's just sort of like, well, okay, what's the point of all you know i just yeah, to, to yeah. me it's like it's just sort of removing all the the pomp and circumstance yeah. of catholicism and leaving you with vibes yeah sure <laughs> so my mother uh worked in the church vestry for well volunteered uh, uh during her summers off from teaching elementary school so my sister and i would spend parts of our summers in the basement of this church while she was going through stuff and I, there was a room down there where there were boxes full of videotapes. A room, a room of consequences? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, the, the these were the cartoons then? Yeah, so there were VHS okay. copies of the of the cartoon Adventures in Odyssey. And, you know, as as a I must have been nine or ten years old and you, you see the the box art. I still remember it very clearly. You know, it's yeah. a Disney looking villain kind of like mm -hmm. leering over a grandfather clock that sort of has magic around it. And the characters all look like they're from like a Don Bluth cartoon from the mm -hmm. 80s. Yeah. Or, but they're also kind of 90s looking or a Disney Disney esque. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's very appealing to a kid. And and, and so my sister and I popped it into the v VCR and ate sugar cookies and too many sugar <laughs> cookies and, and just watched a really disappointing cartoon. Honestly. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, were these tapes, like, did they end up on regular rotation or it was like a one and done kind of thing? Or it was I, like, yeah, now we're good. We watched a few of them. I, I mean, whatever was down there, which I, I think must have been three or four. I, as a kid, I remember being struck by some of the voices because they sounded really familiar to me because um, oh, sure. you know, a lot of the voice actors are people you would have heard in you know, Disney and Don Bluth mm -hmm. cartoons at the time. What if it was just like the thing that you liked, except that it also sucked? <laughs> That's basically the pitch. Well, we went back all the way to 1988 yeah. for, for episode uh, 42 the Last Great Adventure of the Summer, written yeah. by Phil Lawler. We we got a little bit of wit in here. I did not clip any of wit because I made a okay. promise to all of you that he's dead. He died. <laughs> fucking died. Hal Smith is dead for real. He is yes. dead and we uh, have killed but him. But he does have a like two minute scene here at the beginning. If I was thinking enough ahead, I probably would have just cut the scene so that AJ didn't have to be traumatized. <laughs> it was it, honestly, it was fine here in Hal Smith again because he's, he's also not in his like meddling mode here it's it's interesting right because he sounds more like jack here like he sounds mm. like uh, mm -hmm. uh the the kind and like actually benevolent wit that we would eventually yeah. get in jack it's really strange because he he's talking about some previous episodes of the show ones that we haven't covered here the camp what a nut episode and also one that aj talked about on wadfam chalk pod yes. with those good boys yeah. about vacation bible school but he's right. talking to this this kid named Terry Johnston. Yeah, Terry Johnston, really rich uh, character, really lived in, <laughs> really great vocal performance here. Just Terry just good. the Rock Johnston. This is the same kid that played Kirk McGinty in that episode oh, about yeah. like why the Vietnam War was good. But uh, Chris <laughs> basically lets us know that summer is winding down. Yeah. Right? So. Everyone's gathered at wit's end to tell their great stories about the summer, but poor <laughs> like Terry do. right. doesn't have any stories because he hasn't been fucking doing anything all summer. 
He's like me in the basement of the Episcopalian church. <laughs> My dad hasn't wanted to go anywhere or do anything. The only thing we've done all summer is to go to libraries to watch travel films and animal documentaries. <laughs> He's been that way ever since my mom, you know. We only stopped in here because we wanted to get something to drink before the film tonight. Yeah. So they drop that bomb. Yeah, pretty early on that the mother is dead. And you're and for a moment, I was like, oh, is there something here? No. No, no, absolutely no. not. No, they, they needed to explain why this kid doesn't have a mom without making his dad a sinner. <laughs> Something that's kind of interesting about the dynamic here, too, is that Wit has just been fucking hectoring this kid. Oh, yeah. And then the moment that he finds out that Terry's mom is dead, he was in, in, in that like, that's why his dad is depressed was just like. He actually offers the rare wit apology, yeah, which is really something he's else. So yeah. like, oh, shit. No, I didn't. Oh, man. And he doesn't talk to the dad either to be like, hey, your kid is bored out of his fucking mind. Like he he actually yeah. just steps off. Done. I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all we've all had had bummer summers and, and have kind of been jealous of our friends who, who seem right. to be doing things. And I thought it was a strange bit of writing. We wanted to get a drink together before. It just it seemed a little uh, like it could have it could have been taken a different way. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the dad is, uh, Doing shots yeah. uh, before they go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a real shame that they killed off child Tim Gunn as quickly as they did. <laughs> uh, because it uh, he actually does genuinely like have a very... It's not the best performance, but it is a very interesting voice that he yeah. has. Well, he he's he's kind of sounds like Hank Venture. He has the Hank Venture oh, accent. Oh, sure, yeah. And so dad comes through because, again, they're both hanging out at Wits End. It's like, all right, time to go home, right? So Terry and his dad depart Wits End. And then this happens. The bins must be inside this fence. Let me just open the gate. What? So, Cat's Paw, we meet again. Dad? Just stay calm, Terry. Sir, I think you have the wrong man. You both know I don't. <laughs> I told you I'd hunt you down. Did you really think you could hide from me in this small town, Cat's Paw? Why do you keep calling him Cat's Paw? His name is George. George Johnston. Terry. <laughs> George Johnston. Very good. Well, Mr. Johnston. There is. I want the formula. Look, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. No? Well, if I can't persuade you, perhaps I can get your son to. Dad! No! You decked him! Run, Terry! This way! Down the alley! This music. I had to keep this music. This is so good. Yeah, we're in Tron, baby. Well, my two thoughts, well, three thoughts are really, and these sort of travel through the, all, all the episodes you guys made me listen to at gunpoint. <laughs> um, okay, you don't, you don't need to say it like that. Jeez. <laughs> well, is that uh, the, the, the um, action sequences, of which there are many, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've listened to a few sort of radio dramas in my day. Mm -hmm. And what's funny about these ones is, is they sort of skip the kind of ghastly sound effects. Like he says, oh, you, you decked him, dad. But you don't really hear much of a punch. No. Uh, yeah. And there was another one later on where the guy gets injected with like a, a syringe. And yeah. like he got jabbed or something like that. And it's like, you don't hear any noise. There's no there's no like, you know, when, yeah. when he gets. Yeah, you just have the rustling clothes sound. That's uh, it. It's like um, our, our friend Trevor Strunk, when we had him on to talk about Adventures mm -hmm. in Odyssey, because we just like torturing our friends. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he talked about how he listens to 50s radio dramas when yeah. he's like writing or whatever. And that always has like a scene where where the shadow is like, oh, not so fast. And then you just hear rustling sounds. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I bet the shadow's <laughs> doing something really fucking cool right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. But it's still it's just like it's just like noise. It's just like, OK, I know yeah. that people are in a tussle. 
but I don't know what it is beyond that. And, and this is very early on in Odyssey, right? This yeah. is still episode right. 42. This is the first year still of oh, Operation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even in the credits, it's it's credited as being written by Phil Aller and Paul McCusker, as opposed yeah. to like hmm. just being one or the other of them. So it, it, they're still trying to find their legs a little bit, but it is very silly how quickly the stakes escalate from yeah. nothing to beating up a man in the alley. Also, what was this guy's plan? Was he just... <laughs> They offer to take the trash out so they would go back around to get to the dumpster. Yeah, but the guy didn't end. know that. This is Wit's trash. <laughs> yeah, like it's almost if he was trying to sneak up on Wit, that's one thing. But if he's actually trying to go after George, and by the way, there can only be one George in the town of Odyssey, so this guy has to. Well, it's like go. the whole thing with Jimmy's, and you know, there's a lot of names that get reused, and so the people with the old names, when they stop becoming recurring characters, they're they're gone. They're gone. Bye. Yep. They're through they, the no they, no door. They joined the mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, Brian. It turns out that there's way more to Dad than his initial first appearances. I didn't know you knew karate. Well, there's a lot about me you don't know. Why is this guy after you? I mean, you're a shoe salesman. What'd you do, sell him the wrong size or something? Uh, I'm afraid it's a little more complicated <laughs> than that. He kept calling you Catspaw. Uh-huh. Until now, that's the only name he's known me by. Why? Because we don't use real names in the CIA. <laughs> oh, oh, oh there, boy. There, there's something about the absolute gormlessness of Terry's <laughs> delivery that I think is so funny. <laughs> well, gee whiz, yeah. Dad. <laughs> we have to talk about what a dog shit name Cat's Paw is. It's I terrible. don't understand it. They say it constantly in this episode like it's supposed to sound really cool, and I don't yeah. get it. Is it a reference to something? Like, is there no, a character a in name. Live and Let Die that is related to cats in some way no, like is a, it just like a just a, a, like a spy dog name there's it's an idiom right i mean it's like one of those things that that like uh like it usually i think it means a dupe it means like someone who's being manipulated oh okay so it does have a greater meaning other than like the cats have paws yeah although it's weird because he is this the, the heroic cia agent and right and it would be, it's a weird code name for someone who isn't in theory, a dupe himself. But I mean, I mean, this is this is this is every child's dream, right? You 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 right. wished that while you're in that basement of that Episcopalian church, that you'd mm. have some foreigner come in, point a gun at your mom, and say, "Hello, Burgundy," or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then just fucking kidnap you and drag you across the world. I, I love the detail about the opening of this episode where he was like, oh, yeah, dad just watches travelogues and nature documentaries at the library and he drags me along to do it with him. And that's like that's not a cover. That's his actual personality. That's right, just yeah. what CIA no, guys just, are like. Yes, yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> the banality of evil. Yes. Well, probably because of that, you know, he's been able to maintain a pretty good cover, but that doesn't mm-hmm. keep him, of course, from knowing lots of things that are vital to national security. Uh, And so we get some more exposition here. They keep running. They end up on a train track and they jump inside a boxcar. Yeah, they're they're being chased by a man whose trademark is that he wears black clothes yes. <laughs> but they do end up uh on in this boxcar on this train the train starts to move and then they do some father-son bonding on the train why did you become a cia agent how did you join well the, the how is simple they recruited me right out of college as for why well i love my country and i mm. want to defend it against people out <laughs> there who want to hurt it like the man with the black gloves right Especially him. Who is he, anyway? A Russian? No, I, he's really a man with no country at all. Huh? He works for an international syndicate <laughs> that sells military secrets to the highest bidder. 
It doesn't matter what country you're from, as long as you've got the most money. Hmm, a man mm. who works for an international syndicate that sells state secrets to the highest bidder. Mm. Mm. Not Spectre. Mm. Right. Not Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> they recruited me right out of college. Uh, they kidnapped me. They put me in a windowless basement. Uh, <laughs> this is they, it's like the they, Pete Buttigieg story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. <laughs> hey, Dad, why do you have that map of Iraq with all the mineral deposits labels? <laughs> 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 train, I guess, ends up in Manhattan. Manhattan? That's in New York. York. You are. We're in New York City. Yeah, we're in New York City. Deep dish pizza. There's a green chili on your tacos. New York, (laughs) baby. There's a hose in the top of the boxcar that sprang knockout gas into the boxcar? They've got the colored like uh, smoke bombs from Batman that put you to sleep. I just want to point out what a Mm. terrible terrible spy this man is. (laughs) Here are two quotes from him as gas is being pumped into the boxcar. It must be some kind of gas. (laughs) (laughs) And then he yells at his son, Terry, try not to breathe. (laughs) That sounds like he assessed the situation correctly, AJ. I don't know what your issue is. Yeah, I mean... What how would you what would you do, AJ? Would you rather like, would you rather he said, Oh, I bet that's not some kind of gas? <laughs> yeah. Terry, take deep breaths. Yeah, this stuff is fun. Breathe it in. Yeah, let's go. Sort this of like Quaaludes, through just grieving your mother. Just breathe in deep, Terry. It's the eighties, baby. Didn't see mom again. Uh so we have come so far so fast. Like we're this is like yeah. right at the first break, right? Yeah. And we, we and have yet gone, nothing has happened. And yet no. nothing has happened. <laughs> so Which much is a recurring this kid is going to be in therapy for years. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll I mean, look, what his dad does to him later in this episode <laughs> is frankly criminal. But uh <laughs> For now, we wake up in a plane. There's some plotting that's been going on. This 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 plane is like, well, Dad, where are we? And he's like, well, I guess we're flying across the ocean, son. <laughs> and uh, must night- be some kind of gas. <laughs> <laughs> and Nigel, he's right on both counts. Come that's on, right. that's right, AJ. Yeah, he is right. Uh, yeah. th- so Nigel, uh, the man in the black gloves, comes through. You're gonna have to go see. This guy, Maxime, who is definitely not Blofeld. He, they, they asked the question, how did you find us? To which I was like, do you mean in the train that only goes one direction? How could they have possibly <laughs> figured out where you were going? I, I do have. Well, I mean, he could have just been on the same train the whole time and yeah. probably was. But I, I guess it's just also like at this point, I felt like there, there's there's some connective tissue that should be here. That's yeah. just missing. Okay, the fa- the fa- the hero, the heroic father is a CIA agent, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I guess w- the the then vice president of the United States had run the CIA. Um, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, uh, that memo written by George H. W. Bush was a totally different George H. W. Oh, Bush. Yes. Who, <laughs> yes. Like he maybe died or something, but yeah, it's different different guy. Different he guy. hated jelly bean. No, it's Reagan. <laughs> well, <but then, laughs> You know, the, the, uh, the idea of it being a non-aligned evil entity yeah. Yeah. Uh, is sort of an interesting 
neutral kind of thing mm-hmm. for right wing Christian entertainment right. to take. Like they're not Soviets. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Not the explicitly. It, yeah. it would be interesting if, say, Focus on the Family was maybe trying to build some relationships within the Soviet Union what, what, wait, wait, uh, through what? their international arm. Hmm. It would also be interesting hmm. if the wife of the Secretary of State was on the board for Focus on the Family. Are you are you implying that Focus on the Family and 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 Adventures in Odyssey helped end the Cold War? I am not implying that, but I am implying that they might have a lot to do with uh, Yeltsin being the guy to come into power in, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. instead of Gorbachev yeah. holding it. So I came across uh, an article in the LA Times a long time ago. I think I was just l- trying to look up stuff about Focus on the Family and communism. And uh, I found this mm-hmm. LA Times article from July of 1991 mm. that was like, focus on the family is going to, is is working right now on making a trip to Russia in August oh. of this year, which is oh. August of 19. 19- 91. Uh, And the main thing that Dobson is saying is like, oh, yeah, well, we're working on this. We're bringing a senator. We're bringing two congressmen. We've translated some Adventures in Odyssey episodes where we've translated some of my radio broadcasts and hired a Russian actor to play me and other Russian actors to play my guests and just like do the transcript verbatim in Russian. Oh, weird. There's a magazine, a Soviet magazine called uh, Semya magazine, family magazine. Mm-hmm. That then oh they should focus on those mm-hmm. <laughs> that then did a serialized publication so like you know once a month would do a chapter out of a Dobson book I couldn't see which book it was I'm assuming okay. it was uh, Dare to Discipline it's probably Dare to Discipline or yeah. the uh, the what is it the willful strong willed child. child so all of this ostensibly was to teach the Soviets all about what having a family is. Because every Russian woman has eight abortions and everyone is divorced (laughs) and no one raises their kids. Uh, Sidebar, after the fall of the Soviet Union, the child (laughs) the childbirth rate drops, the divorce rate rises and the marriage rate drops significantly. Fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Aside from that, everything was fine. Um, (laughs) August of 1991, when we talk about the uh, USSR, kind of an important month, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. when there was a coup d'etat against uh, my friend and yours, Mikhail Gorbachev. He was he was taken in by by hardliners, kind of confined to his home while Yeltsin sort of ran his way back to the White House in Moscow and. Uh, shored up even more power for himself. And after the coup, which was only like three or four days, it was kind of a flaccid little fart of a thing. Um, Gorbachev just had no standing anymore as a politician. He didn't have the backing of, of, of the people or the establishment. And Yeltsin was the guy at that point. Hmm. So this happens at the exact same time that James Dobson and uh, Jim Daly and all these other focus on the family people are in town. Interesting. And I I wanted to make sure that this actually happened while they were there. And Jim Daly has wrote about it no less than four times on his personal blog. One of them begins with, I've seen government overreach and oppression firsthand. I was in Moscow in August of 1991 when President Mikhail Gorbachev was placed under house arrest. It was a failed coup attempt orchestrated by hardline communists who opposed his ideas for reform. Russian citizens were told that Gorbachev was ill. In reality, he was being held hostage. 
And then he goes down about how uh, wokeness and uh, critical right. race yeah, theory yeah, 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 are yeah. going to do the same thing to us. And then quotes Rod Dreher. Um, and <laughs> Jesus, God. Sweet. So our intelligence agencies have done this sort of thing before, right? There's the um, Louis Armstrong tour of Africa, which was basically just a front for uh, regime change operations to be carried out in the Congo and elsewhere. And here it does not seem to be any different. I've never seen any article that explicitly links Focus on the Family because I don't think anyone writing about this ever cares enough about Focus on the Family. But uh, there is a a Seymour Hersh article in The Atlantic from 1994 that makes it very clear that the U.S. knew this coup was being brewed up was uh, employing NSA code breakers. Uh, NSA is supposed to be a domestic agency, not an international agency. That's why we have the CIA. We'll get into more of that later. Um, And the NSA code breakers, so they knew months and months and months in advance. Apparently, Gorbachev was like not very friendly with the Bush administration at this point um, Mm. and was not really accepting some of the intel that they were giving him. And according to Hirsch's sources, Uh, They said that they just handed it to Yeltsin, quote, on a silver platter. He was very cooperative. Again, he was a guy that they were they were fond of at that point. But then at this point, it was like, okay, yeah, American man, Yeltsin. He's the guy that we want. He's the guy that we need. I'll, I'll read a little paragraph from that article. Having what the intelligence community calls a special relationship with a senior Russian official was no longer a novelty by the spring of 1991 when NSA intercepts and other intelligence persuaded some top White House aides, among them Robert M. Gates, then the deputy national security advisor, that a hardliners coup was coming against a weakened Mikhail Gorbachev. The president, an admirer of Gorbachev, and his senior advisors eventually decided that contact should be made with the Soviet leader's main rival, Boris Yeltsin. George Bush thus was doing precisely what Bill Clinton's critics today accuse him of not doing. This was written in 1994. um, Reaching out to potential new leaders. It should be noted at the time, Yeltsin was viewed as being more strongly committed than any other Russian leader, including Gorbachev, to Western-style democracy and economic reform, and thus was a far more attractive alternative than the hardline opposition leaders are today. Yeltsin made his second trip to Washington in June of 1991, and Gates asked a ranking senator to take him aside during a formal reception at the Soviet embassy and ask his view of U.S. intelligence about coup plotting. Quote, we went off in a quarter... And I raised it with Yeltsin. The senator, who did not wish to be named, told me, are we being overwrought about the coup? He said, absolutely not. There will be a coup before the end of the calendar year. This is Yeltsin saying this. (laughs) Gorbachev doesn't believe it, but I am preparing for it. There's like, yeah, there's an implication that Yeltsin was essentially controlled by the CIA. That Uh he he, he was they, they, they ran his government. It is so clear when you look at this stuff, the way that these things are likely connected. I mean, you can't. You can't explicitly say, oh, yeah, focus on the family was involved in that coup. Like, but but also it is so interestingly coincidental that they were there at that time. And it's also interesting that Adventures in Odyssey repeatedly venerates American yeah. intelligence. Now, some of this is just Phil Lawler being the guy who he is. He has a very a like real rom- John Krasinski type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're doing thing. our genre yeah. stories. One genre is spy stories, right? Yeah. And that's one of his favorite genres. Yeah. It certainly crossed my mind that uh, it was it was 
a strange choice, maybe not a strange choice, that the father was so rooted in a real intelligence agency mm-hmm. and was playing a, a Bond type. When, when CIA agents, in, in reality, I think are, are a lot more banal and and they're more the Graham Greene kind of quiet American. You know, there, yeah. there's I mean, Catspaw maybe is a good name because the quiet American is sort of is sort of a dupe. Mm hmm. I, I mean, again, you know, looking at this show as as a form of propaganda, I, I think yeah. is not an unfair thing to say about it. You know, whitewashes what the CIA does uh, for sure and makes them seem like a fun kind of adventuresome figures of genre and, and adventure stories. But that the CIA re- really and, and certainly in arts and letters in America, you know, again, not not to be peddling conspiracy theories <laughs> or anything, but but. You know, uh, they were funding, you know, Jackson Pollock and like, right, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the University of Iowa's uh, writer's um, workshop. Writer's yep. workshop. So that there's a kind of shaping of culture, uh, uh, both abroad and and domestically. And yeah. <laughs> as as silly as this show is, I mean, like it's it, it, it I'm sure that that this fits the bill. And I think there's a very particular culture that exists within the CIA and the NSA that when we get to the end of this episode, we'll talk about a little bit more. So let's get back into it. So we're still we on a plane. <laughs> we're still on a plane headed for London. There is something on the plane that I just, I need to point out, which is that the henchman for Blofeld, I'm not Blofeld, Maxine. Um, yes. Uh, he, he, at the Nigel. end of, Nigel, at, the Nigel, the man with the black gloves. The man with the black gloves. At the end of every single one of his lines, he says cat's paw. He <laughs> just <true>. says Caspa <laughs> over and over and over again. That's it true, is like, AJ. Yes, <laughs> it is his name. I guess you know what? To be fair, it is technically his name. It's important that we know who he's talking to, yeah. AJ. At all <laughs> times. It is maddening. And I, I do want to point up another thing that like the structure of this episode is not inherently terrible. A mm. father and son estranged from each other over the death of a mother and they yeah. go mm-hmm. on an adventure mm-hmm. together to bond. It's called the Goofy movie and it fucking rules. <laughs> Goofy is also an intelligence asset. It's Indiana That's Jones right. and the Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, there's no waterfall that they go over in this one. Instead, they end up in a skyscraper. I yes. Goofy is in the corner of the Zapruder film going, Fjolk. Uh, I, I do actually want to mention, since you brought up Indiana Jones, mm. Chaz, I know you're a fan of young Indiana Jones. Yeah. There is a series of novels now called Young Wit. And the design <laughs> of the covers is basically just to do young Indiana Jones. Oh, my gosh. But with John Avery Whitaker. What kind of uh, does he get into? I mean, the, the the gist of that show was that he would find himself in historical events, meeting <laughs> historical characters. Is that kind of what that? No, I don't think Witt ever meets historical characters, but he does do some archaeology stuff. Oh, well, that that would be fun. Like <laughs> Witt meets, you know, John F. Kennedy and then spray <laughs> paints a really big target on the back yeah. of his head before he drives out to Dealey yeah. Plaza. Donald Duck goes, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just doing Kingdom Hearts, but for like U.S. historical <laughs> events. I'm right. going to read the log line real quick from one of these young Wit books from the AO okay. Wiki. Oh, God. In Young Wit and the Phantasmic Confabulator, he the fourth what? book in the series. The Infernal Machine. Yeah. Young Johnny Whitaker like tries to save Duke University basketball, <laughs> unravel a kidnapping. What? what? Oh, wow. What? And, and <laughs> begin to develop his most famous invention. He also learns more about the amazing cloth left to him by his mother. Whoa. Yeah. So so we we've left this plane. We are in yes. uh, the penthouse from Deus Ex. There yes. is an old man in a in a case somewhere being frozen. Yep. And the penthouse. Well, here's a big feature about it. Well, I'll give him this. He's got a beautiful view. You can even see Big Ben from here. Wow. 
We're pretty high up. Uh-huh. Hey, look. There's some guys a couple floors down washing windows on one of those, what do you call them? Scaffolds. What? It's called a scaffold. And they are not just washing windows. They are coating them with special chemicals that deflect microwave transmissions. I, I do far. love that. How good to see you again. I love when my scaffolding reflects microwave transmissions. <laughs> Man, I hope that's a Russian accent. Uh, <laughs> it, I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, his name is Maxime. This, yeah. this is Maxime. He's yeah. he's he's definitely not Blofeld, right? And that's just Hal Smith, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that it's Eastern European voice. Hal Smith and Will Ryan as the villains of this episode. That's cute. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it, well, I I could have sworn it was Tony J playing the the, the bad no, guys. No, Tony J only did the cartoons. He never really? did the radio show because they had Earl Bowen for the radio show. Yeah. Oh, man. It, and it is funny how his Russian accent teeters on the border of Mexican occasionally <laughs> at, a, at a couple point in this. It's also, like, it's, it's, all, it's also a little bit Jewish. It's a very yeah. strange, yeah. strange accent. He's like Wano yeah. from The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, really. exactly. Just offensive. Uh, and so this is, of course, where we introduce the Piranha Tank, yeah. uh, which is We've from You Only it Live bubbling. Twice. Yeah. It is explicitly, lit. that is just straight up from You Only Live Twice. But the uh, Terry smashes the Piranha Tank, I think. Yes. It's, it's not entirely clear. It, he's, he says it in the next scene or like the the little closing scene he says oh. you know you did a great job smashing that piranha tank. and then he like kicks someone in the nuts or oh no no he steps on their yeah. foot you can't kick someone in the nuts in a Christian entertainment no. but you no. can step no. on their yeah, foot yeah. and also those henchmen they never see the child stepping on their foot coming even though nope. that's the only way a child has ever escaped a henchman in the history of time Scotland Yard we have the building surrounded too Nigel, late oh you boy drop your weapons you're under arrest no. Boiled again, eh, Nigel? Not this time, Jasper. I may have lost, but so have you. You're going over! So now it's the Lion King. Uh, And as we heard, Dad has gone over the edge of the building. Over the edge. Uh, But, but... I bet he's okay. You landed on the scaffold. (gasps) Listen up, boys. Well, with the help of these two fine gentlemen... You mean those window washers are really agents? <laughs> Two of the finest. Boys, sure, meet why my not? son, Terry. Terry? I broke every bone in my body landing <laughs> on the scaffolding. Hi. I kept that little part because Dave Arnold is the guy who says hello, Terry, at the end. It's, he's being drowned out by the wind mm. there. But he's mm. he's doing the nozzle voice when he <laughs> played Jesus. It's like, yes. it's like, hi. Hello, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love the scaffolding coming back like that. It's like, it's like thrown in so haphazardly yeah, earlier in the right. episode, yeah. like, like uh, that scene in Wayne's world where it's like, it seemed extraneous at the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is Chekhov's scaffolding, right? It's very yeah, important. Right. We get a solid like two minutes of completely unnecessary exposition yeah. about how they set up this fall intentionally to work out that way. And it's like, we didn't need this, but what we do get is dad having an opportunity to retire from the CIA. I told you on the train, you're the most important thing in the world to me, Terry. And from now on, I plan on spending as much time with you as I can. (laughs) And I promise it'll be more exciting than this past summer. I don't know if I can handle any more excitement. (laughs) I can't wait to tell everyone at what's end about this. Uh, sorry, lad, but I'm afraid you can't do that. What? What do you mean? Why not? It's, uh, one of the hazards of getting involved with the CIA, son. What you know now is (laughs) secret. You mean I just had the greatest adventure of the summer and I can't tell anybody about it? I'm sorry, son. Oh, no. 
Oh, boy. The father tells this child, you are the most important thing in the world to me. Yes. So that's why I just traumatized you by throwing myself over a building and yeah. why you think I fucking died. <laughs> right. This is awful. There is no conflict between, between the father and son in this, which is very strange to me because the father apologizes while they're on the train and says, I'm sorry that I haven't been able to connect because of your mom. And the kid's like, oh, that's fine. You're in the CIA, so I get it entirely. And it's like, no, this should have been a fight. They should have been like constantly yeah. at each other's throats until he went over the side. And then it's like, oh yeah, now I understand your worth. I love you, dad. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry this happened. And then maybe be a little bit mad that he faked his death and had to traumatize him like he could have let the son know that this was all a bit he, right? he could have waited for a minute and let the scaffold guys just come up with their guns <laughs> while scotland yard was already raiding the building right like he did not yeah. need the little uh, aladdin moment of jumping off the balcony i think that's an interesting point though about like the tension between what focus on the family will allow yeah. mm. versus what good drama looks like not just in the sense of the stupid fucking spy bullshit which we've talked about but also just relationships between parents and their children because the parent can never be undermined right they are yeah. always the sole source of authority they're the, they're the credible authority figure yeah well and and in in there's even a i can't remember if it's at the end or, or where exactly it is but but it, it's revealed that the mom knew that that the father was a cia agent yeah. also and kept that a secret from the son and the son's like Okay, it's, you know, it's just—it's not really. A, I mean, I—I I, I guess this kid is sort of like what you know, his whole his whole worldview has been sort of blown up in this episode. But he does sort of just go with it, and yeah, uh, I don't know. It just feels a little like like a missed opportunity. Well, and there's like there's I feel like in other shows that have done this, your dad's like secretly really cool. Like, that's the moral of the story where it's like, you know, you may think yeah. that your parents are pretty boring people, yeah. but they're actually interesting. They have a full life. They do cool things. They have thoughts, you know, that belong to themselves. They don't they're not just your parents 24 hours a day. But then with this episode, after a little sign off, um, Chris comes in as she is wont to do. And uh, and she lets us know what the message of this yeah. episode is. <laughs> Wow, that was some adventure. But you know, although it was just a story, the fact is that sometimes people just aren't what they seem. Mm. They may have oh. secrets that can hurt our country, like Maxine. Oh. Oh. Or they may know okay. secrets that can protect us, like Terry's dad. Okay. But even if there are a lot of things going on around us that we don't know about, we still shouldn't be afraid. Okay. Why? Because what? God knows about all those things, even if we don't. Oh. And what's oh, even oh, more oh. important, he's using <laughs> yeah. all of it to work his perfect will. Like oh, it okay. says in Romans 8.28, God yeah. works in all things for the good of those who love him. And sure. who are called according to his purpose. <sighs> okay. So first message. <laughs> things can happen in this world that are scary and confusing, but God will always look out for America. The second mm. message is... Sometimes your parents are going to end up being CIA and you know what? That's fine. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's, it really seems to be driving home that your parents actually might be spies and you as a young evangelical need to understand that we're just very overrepresented in this field. It's us and the Mormons <laughs> and, and your parents very likely like so many of the people who come here to focus on the family and work with us might be assets. I, I, it, it does seem to be drawing a, a, a 
a connection between the the uh, intelligence agencies and God, which mm-hmm. I think is a uh, is often done much more cynically in 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 things like John Le Carre. But in this, it seems to be a much more paternalistic message, which yeah. is that it's okay. There's there are people out there who do know everything. Yeah, and you you don't need to know everything. I remember watching this interview with uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, where he's just uh-huh. like, you know, everyone knows that uh, Obama's mom was a CIA agent, and it's like. What? Everyone knows that? (laughs) (laughs) What a Lawler episode this was. Oh, and we've got another one on the way. We're about to jump forward six years from 1988, which is when this episode actually premiered, Mm. to 1994. Yep. Uh, This is episode dead again, folks. We just had to do that quick flashback. That's all. Uh, So this is episode 290, A Name, Not a Number, part one, November 26, 1994. Once again, Phil Lawler. So... Lawler's been cooking for six years now, mm. and uh, you can you can I think you can see uh, maybe improvement is the wrong way of putting it, but you can see that his it's, writing style has at least developed. It's more sophisticated. Yeah, it's sure. It feels and, uh, better I mean, to listen to. Yeah, they haven't solved the Odyssey problem of having a two parter that shouldn't be a two parter. But sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, let, let's say that it's developed a bit like, yeah, I don't know. I, man. I have very strong memories of part one and remembered almost nothing from part two. I remembered that at some point it was back in Odyssey and then there was a little twist at the end. But like that one doesn't stick out at all. So at the beginning of this episode, we meet Tasha. Tasha is a new guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's yeah. talking to someone named Headman, which I was it's the most <laughs> thing ever. Um, but yeah, we, we get a little bit of background on what she's doing. Yeah, this is totally in media res. We just see her right. up to her shenanigans and I've dropped us in about a minute later than that. That's everything, Tasha. Good. Now, I need you to do one more thing, Molly. Mail this package for me. Mail? It's not going to the embassy? No, it's going to Odyssey. Where's that? In the United States. But she <laughs> Molly, please, no questions. Just take the package, then meet me at the rendezvous. All right, Tasha. Use the tunnel exit in the storeroom. It's a bit longer, but it's safer. What about you? I'll leave as soon as I delete some files on the computer and dismantle the transmitter. Wh- what's the matter? Tasha, I... I... Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Now get going. Right. See you there. First, the computer. Oh. File manager. All right. Search all right. All files containing TA418. TA418. Tasha, are you here? Oh, yes, I'm here. Hello, doctor. How are you today? Uh, fine, fine. I'm always fine when I return to beautiful Geneva. <gasps> oh, oh, so much. TA418. Doctor? That I know that doctor. That's, that's the <laughs> devious Dutchman. That's Dr. Regis Blackguard. My God. <laughs> So Chaz, you 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 heard this here. Yes. You heard this evil sounding man. Uh, what <laughs> was your initial impulse like? Oh wow, this is the bad guy. Because I feel like they set that up that way. But maybe it doesn't read that way if you don't know. Oh, he's British. He's got to be <laughs> right. right. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, the same point. kind of uh, Tony J sound. He's got yeah. the, mm-hmm. the. I I in fact I. I wondered if it were him playing a different. I mean, it turned out it wasn't Tony J in the last episode either. But yeah, they've got that's kind of the bad guy sound. Yeah. So this yep. is Earl Bowen. Who you Earl might Bowen. know from the Terminator movies. He's yeah. also the voice of LeChuck. He's in a number of video games, but he is. <laughs> you yeah. might you might also know him as the principal from California Dreams, right. starring <laughs> our friend Jay Anthony Frankie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, he now that now that you've uh, said that, I he does sound a lot like LeChuck. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, Which, and it's yeah, Tony J and Earl Bowen basically had kind of the same voice. Uh yeah. and so yeah. you just got one or the other. I think Tony J had a little bit more cachet because of the big Disney roles or something that uh-huh. he got, which is why they got him for the Odyssey cartoons, but but Earl yeah. Bowen's just so good. This kicks us off to the races right away. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we've got we've got the stakes, we got Tasha, she's cool, she's a agent yep. or whatever. She is played by um she went by the name Christy Nimitz on this show. Her professional name as a voice actor was actually Connie Zimmett. Um okay. she was a very successful voice actor, did shitloads of commercials, did a lot of um 70s children's albums where they would do like hmm. studio albums. But they would do music from like Disney's Pinocchio or You're a Good oh. Man, Charlie Brown. If you ever came across that weird recording of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown that wasn't linked to a production. I had some of those 45s. I know uh-huh. exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about. And so oh. why did she why did she use a stage uh, name for for this show? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, she may have. Th- this was not a union production, so she may uh, have been skirting her Astra agreement. Yeah. yeah by yeah, doing yeah. this. But she she's interesting because she was doing off Broadway and doing voiceover stuff and then moved to Florida and then basically built the entire voiceover industry in Florida when she moved down there. Yeah. I was reading her, her obituary from 2009 and like she's a big deal. And I've, I've come across some, I was just looking her up. I came across a number of voice actors on like LinkedIn who were like, Oh yeah, I trained with Connie Zimmett, who was like the greatest voice actor I've ever known. So she's a very highly respected person. And she played Tasha. She she makes a few appearances over the next few years in the nineties. Regis Blaggard is here to pick up a doll, apparently. Yep. You know, this doll reminds me of my youth. Not that I played with them, you understand. But my sister had one just like this. <laughs> so he, he totally he's, played he's, with dolls. He's gay-coded. He's definitely right. a queer character, just like his twin brother, Edwin. And so Tasha and Blaggard are suddenly in that shop, confronted by a guy named Mustafa? Uh-oh. <laughs> Excuse me. You will stay. I beg your pardon. I said you will stay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Mustafa, why'd you do that? He doesn't know anything. He's just one of my customers. Now he is a hostage, as are you. Blackguard really seems like such a different man. He, he's he's so really nice. Turned over a new leaf. Yeah. yeah, he's getting. Yeah, he, uh, and he's just. Oh, oh. <laughs> so Mustafa, um, just gonna go out on a limb here. White mm. guy? Yes. Uh, it's, this is once again Will Ryan. Uh, yes! yes. No. Yes. Will. No. This situation here with Mustafa is uh, ushering in the day of the red scorpion. Mm, I guess. Right. Mm. I'm, I'm. I'm just imagining somebody playing a tape of an Adventures in Odyssey episode to Edward Said in his brain just exploding immediately. I thought you were going to say to to, to, to Osama bin Laden. And no, that's his brain even better. Also. Even no, better. That was on yeah. the list of things that they recovered at the CIA uh, outpost. It was uh, Adventures in Odyssey albums 21 yeah. through 27. For some reason, oh. he just wasn't a big Hurlinger fan. So after the bin search Laden's for computer. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, right yeah. there, right next to the, the Howard Zinn. Um, so, <laughs> and all the pornos. Who's going to save the day? Who well, is? from here... We cut right over to Jason Whitaker. Ooh. Yes, Tom, I'm packing up the last of my stuff right now. No, no, just leave it there at wit's end. It's all marked Jason, so no one will bother it. Oh, <laughs> so we've met Jason before very briefly when Wit fucking died the first time and came back. Right. Uh, different yeah. actor. It was a different actor playing him that time. Somebody mm-hmm. didn't come back. Um, this actor is Townsend Coleman, a mm-hmm. guy with a Ooh. lot of credits to his name, but is... 
probably best known as the voice of this. Here's why summer being over is a good thing. Because yeah! now we get new comedy on NBC Thursday. That's cool. <laughs> we finally confirmed the big baby news on The Office. Did you pee on a stick? I did. But it was inconclusive. And we welcome back Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, and SNL in primetime. Plus the new comedy, Community, a perfect fit on Thursdays. He was the voice of NBC comedy wow. from like 2000 to 2010, something uh, like he's that. He's also the voice of the Tick and Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles. Th- that's Did true. Did you recognize the voice when you heard it, Chaz? No, or were you I, like, I, I want to look into it? I looked him up because yeah. he, 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 uh, his voice has that like, like sort of generic white guy sound. It sounds mm-hmm. so yeah. generic mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. like, who, who is this? It just sounds like, so, like it's either someone who has never done this before or has been doing only this. Yes. I was honestly shocked yeah. that the credits were like as extensive you know, character driven as, as these are like, you know, they, they were, yeah. Uh, you know a lot of people who do like the voice of nbc comedy are not necessarily people that you hear a lot on cartoons and things like that yeah um sure uh, but he he does it all it, it's interesting because I've, I've heard him in recent interviews because i've been trying to keep up with what has been going on with adventures in odyssey lately why would you do that to yourself <laughs> i'm a fucking prevert uh, and he's you know he's an old man now so he's very very gravelly sure. and i was kind mm-hmm. of shocked going back to this and hearing how much like he's already kind of gravelly here in 1994 mm. too there's just a sure. little bit of of rasp in this that gives yeah. him a slight edge beyond just generic white I mean, guy michelangelo is a little gravelly yeah. too you know? jason obviously does not stick around for too too long right because yeah, he, just yeah, he sticks around forever he, does. he never he does. goes oh, away shit. okay okay <laughs> yep, he just yep. he just fully moves because i thought once they brought wit back nope. maybe they'd get rid of their wit replacements <laughs> you might but think I guess. that no. but they absolutely yeah. did not do that they all, they sure. all grow together in the lord yeah so <laughs> so jason is en route to odyssey from phoenix he's packing his stuff up mm-hmm. and he gets a call on his special phone You'd think the agency's deputy director would have better things to do than play games. Uh, life can't be all paperwork, 1131. Oh, oh, I guess I can't call you that anymore, can I? Nope. <laughs> now I'm a name, not a number. Hey, hey, a name oh. that's moving to Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Must be a very special place to take away my best event analyst. It ah, sure is. It is a special place. Nice and quiet. I'm looking forward to a little peace. Mm. Then I don't suppose I can talk you into helping me out on just one more case. Donovan. Before you answer, hear me out. So now we got Alan Young, of course, Alan Scrooge Young. McDuck. I, I was a little surprised that there was no helicopter outside and that Jason was not chopping wood uh, when he's <laughs> recruited for this one last oh. job. This was actually uh, what I was referring to at the beginning of, of, of this episode. It was as a kid, you know, watching this show being like, I know that voice. And, 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 and you know, Alan Young is a perfect example of that, of someone who wherever you heard him. He always sounded like that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Alan Young also shows up. Also shows up in Monkey Island uh, in in the third one. Uh, with, oh, he does. Uh, yeah, oh he's, shit! He's one of the Barbary pirates uh, oh. uh, in the barber shop. Oh, uh, which oh, oh I that's love great. that part. Yeah, the, the Scottish one, of one course. One of the singing pirates. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, yes. Sounding exactly like this. Sounding yes. Exactly like Scrooge McDuck. Jason is gonna get pulled in. You know, one more big score, right? This group, Red Scorpion. Uh, is transporting a MacGuffin through Geneva. This is the virus or whatever. They, they've they kidnapped Tasha and they're recording a hostage video with Tasha. They will not yeah. hesitate to rain Rukata death on American and European cities unless their demands are met. Rukata. I, I, hate, I hate it when 
Ruka to death reigns upon me. It's almost like when I buffalo all over myself. It is a lot like yeah. that. <laughs> I did wonder, like, I thought maybe at first they were talking like it was like a vaguely like made up jihad situation that it was like this is like a holy war. I mean, you're not wrong. It's not off, but it, they are actually referring to a virus that this, yes. this it is a it is a certain weaponized uh, uh, virus, which is very strange because the way it is framed is that it sounds like a concept, like a philosophical it, kind yeah, of concept. Yeah, Ruka to death, yeah. <laughs> like ego and, death. Well, and it's interesting yeah. to think about the fact that like when we went into Iraq the first time, right, when we did Desert mm. Storm, uh, there was a big fear that Saddam Hussein was going to weaponize anthrax. Just interesting, like how they kind of sublimate all of these, right. all of these anxieties and all of these fears into this story that's basically just the plot of Batman Begins. We've jumped from eighty-seven to ninety-four, yeah, and and, and you know we're it was Cold War and now we're post Cold War, and it, in the same way that much more in a much more sophisticated way, John Le Carre, you know, people questioned, oh, what is he going to be able to write about now that the Cold War is mm. open is over? Uh, that this show is sort of dealing with much darker material i feel like uh than the first episode yeah like terrorists and viruses yeah. and yes you know. this is much more grounded yeah, these are like, these yeah. are things that it, it's not just like guys who are bad looking for a formula and they wear black gloves yeah yeah well and yeah. there's also a really interesting moment here too where after they watch that hostage video they stop watching it mm. and, and and scotty goes because scotty. that's let's, it's just scotty let's be real yeah. he goes like James uh, doing <laughs> he's like blah 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 release hostages and American made weapons, the normal stuff. Yeah. And it's like, wait, that's that's a lot to just be hand waving <laughs> away. That's, right. So it's it's yeah, it's like, wait, what is this to, to, going back to the point of like propaganda and the way that this serves as propaganda? What is this teaching kids to think or not think about with regard to the way that American intelligence and mm, empire works? Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. Leave it, it to the adults. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what happens, right? Jason goes and meets Miles Philby, who's just another guy. This is Walker Edmiston doing a goofy voice. But not doing the goofy voice, and he was the voice of Goofy for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. he's he's not he's he not. voiced him in the Subruder film. Gorge. <laughs> 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 Covered in blood. It, th th there becomes this big thing about like what is Rukuta versus Ruku, and we've got the clips here. Research on Rukuta. Negative. Negative? Huh. What's that mean? Well, it means Rukuta doesn't exist in any known language. I don't know how Jason oh. knows how to spell it since he just heard it for the first time. He knows it's spelled <laughs> R-U-K-U-T-A, which is a kind of a weird way, of, but whatever. Um, and then yeah. he, he realizes that T-A is important. Just a hunch. The ta in Rukuta and the T-A on the scrap of paper might be related. I'm going to oh. just try Ruku. R-U-K-U. Aha, pay dirt. What is it? No, it's not good. Ruku is a virus that attacks the body's central nervous system, causing rapid and systematic deterioration. It's fatal. Delightful. A man named Hans Tesler developed it for the Rakistani government. And red scorpions stalked from the Rakistanis. What happened to Tesler? The Rakistanis uh, disposed of him. Payment in full. So we, we now have a fake country called Rakistan. And I've never been more bored in my life. Well, dear <laughs> fucking God, AJ, so I boring. don't care. AJ. I don't care. You, you know what? Here's the thing about, here's the thing about Ruku, right? Here's the thing about Ruku. Yeah. You can just keep on feeding it. 
and feeding it and feeding it, and it's never going to get full. No. You know? <laughs> you can stuff me full of that information. You think I'm not going to mm. want more, and I can always get a little bit more information out the Ruku. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, minute yeah. you start introducing an entirely separate new, like, fake Middle Eastern country, you fucking cowards, just just full-throated be racist, <laughs> yeah. you fucks. Right, was, was, right. This, was this your reaction, Chess? Well, actually, I was distracted by the name of the spy, by Miles Philby. Yeah. Um, because... Do, do you know this? At, um, Kim Philby. Kim yeah. Philby, a very famously a double agent who gave state secrets to the Soviet Union uh, or from MI6 mm-hmm. and, and names of agents, and including John Le Carre. He, he was the, mm. he's sort of the origin story of John Le Carre is that he was in MI6 and was outed by Philby. And and uh, oh, shit. And then or he's David Cornwall, I guess it was his real name. Um, Wait, so Chaz, are, are, are you saying that Philby uh, might have been a, you're worried at this point that Philby might be a double agent, perhaps. Uh, perhaps uh, I, I mean, oh, just from, just from oh. the name, I was like, that's a tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to bring up Ruku one more time, AJ. Are you saying you're not excited by Ruku? No. Well, <laughs> a, well, AJ, I have some really bad news for you about how things are going to be going for the next uh, year. Because uh, oh, <laughs> Ruku is is very important here to stay. No. Okay. Okay. Can I? Can I not. I, I know we're going to be talking about Ruku yeah, a lot, yeah, but yeah, I do. Yeah. I do just want to say one thing that that struck me as weird, uh-huh. or at least at the very least, like inconsistent. Right? Jason goes into the CIA. Uh, uh, I don't think they actually say the name of the, the agency. He's an event Here? He's in the NSA. But it's the NSA. Oh, it's the NSA. Yeah. Okay. Um, because and he's an event analyst. Yeah, not an them. event planner. <laughs> and I, I did briefly think he was an event planner, which which is very very fun. He always saw the parties um, uh, for Epstein. So there's like a point where. Um, he, uh, well, first of all, a Scotsman running the NSA, what is this call of duty? Yeah, uh, I was wondering about that, too. Yeah, the Scotsman, I think, is ESA. I think it's us working jointly oh. with a European oh. intelligence agency that does not exist. That is a made-up, uh, right. name. Yeah. I just think it's weird. In Switzerland, that- which would not allow a European intelligence agency to say. operate because they are not in the fucking Eurozone, man. And and, and uh, you, the, the, the Anglosphere, the Five Eyes, right? Yeah, the yeah. Five Eyes exist to exchange information about stuff that I is love, to do with the Anglosphere. They I would love not that be they cooperating with. Oh, they would not be cooperating <laughs> with other European governments in a so-called unified European security agency. That wouldn't fucking happen. You're not going to have England sharing intelligence with the Germans. That's just not going to happen i love that the five eyes give you peanuts with your burgers i think that's that's such a wonderful little touch it really makes the restaurant pop they give you so many fries that are they not do. great <laughs> I, I, I don't mind the fries I that's the exactly the response people have to the fries is i don't mind them yeah um but I guess my character, the thing that, that really struck me is that Jason goes to work for the NSA and for the government that killed his brother. Yes. And I think right. that's very yeah. mm. interesting that that's mm. never reckoned that's with. That's an interesting in point. In a good. Oh, it, oh, it is. Will okay. be, AJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Chaz, is yeah, that, I is love that, a piece, that you've raised this now. Is that a piece of the backstory that you're familiar with, Chaz? I'm not, no. So basically, Jason Whitaker's brother. So sit down uh, and tell the story. The Ballad of Jerry Whitaker. Jerry, that's his name, right? <laughs> Jerry. Jerry, Jerry went to Vietnam and mm. got fucking, you know, Owned. killed. Yeah, really fast. Uh, this was sort of the central uh, traumatic incident that led to the fracturing of the Whitaker family. Yeah, uh, especially with the youngest, the daughter. 
uh, Jana. Yeah, did she become a hippie? She did. Yes. Yeah. She oh, did yeah. become a hippie. And, uh, and, and you she, know where that landed her? She became a single mother. That's I right. She did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did she become like, like how, how was she like weather underground? Like did, was she? No, oh, no, she oh, was just wish. occasionally going to a protest. Okay, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing I mean, that again, serious. Dodging real drama. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah. They do kind of reckon with Wit's beating of her as a child. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's actually that is confronted kind of. But the show can't be like beating your children is bad. Right. So it's just like what it comes around to is like she's very hurt and is has this horrible relationship with her dad but eventually the moral is just make up with him anyway because he's old and will never change yeah but then jason follows in his dad's footsteps exactly he's too young to fight in vietnam but then he's like well i can just become an an, an intelligence agent i can become an uh, an event planner or a code breaker (laughs) and apparently one of the things that he did as a code breaker was uh playing code breaking games with Tasha Ooh, and sexy. Jason realizes that Tasha might be sending him a secret message. So they found out that she was blinking messages out while she was talking in Morse code, right? One eye for dot, two eyes for dash. There, that's it. Mustafa's on. Okay, what do we got? Um, N-T-R-L-K-N-C-S-T-L. It makes no sense. Oh, yes, it does. Tasha and I used to play this game. One of us would take out all the vowels in a word, and and then the other would try to guess what the word is. But the message is all just these consonants. It is disemboweled. But yeah, it's like um, uh, what Jeremiah Denton did in Vietnam when he blinked out the phrase torture and then eventually became a moral majority Republican, got elected to office and supported the Contras mm-hmm. later. So obviously right. he wasn't against torture on principle. Uh, so, <laughs> so Chaz, at this point, I, again, just wanted to check in with you. You're at the edge of your seat, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, or- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to make sure I, I'm sure that the, this um, fictional Middle Eastern country will be, mm. will be uh, uh, treated uh, fairly and and uh, sensitively oh, right. by, sure. by the yeah. 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 And, th- th- and they put, yeah. Th- when when they're translating this message, by the way, um, it takes years. It takes oh, yeah. so long for them to like spell it out and like puzzle it out. And I'm like, it's interlocking. It's interlocking. It, uh, yeah. The I word was is so, fucking so interlocking. They're in Switzerland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they puzzle over this. Something that always bothered me as a kid listening to this episode is like you hear them work out interlocking. Right. right. And not um, in case and tool at the end turns out to be castle. But you don't hear them work out castle. It's like they right. already figured oh, out. Sure. He's like, oh, yes, there is a castle there. It's like, why did you find castle? <laughs> and Walk so Jason, me through this. I am nine. Jason <laughs> show your work <laughs> to interlock and castle and basically does a hitman stakeout. It really it really everything about the sound design of this and the music and everything reminded me of hitman uh-huh. like really aggressively. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, me too. Um, I wrote down there should be a weird bald caterer just kind yeah, of wandering yeah, yeah, around yeah, the yeah. castle. So AJ, it's it's so fortuitous in its own way that you brought up Jeffrey Epstein earlier because, of course, interlock and mm. not the place in Switzerland, but the place in the one Michigan. In Michigan. Uh, <laughs> Has some very deep ties to Jeffrey Epstein that have never sure been does. totally hashed out in uh, public, yeah. let's say. Well, I, w- I would I would caution you mm. perhaps to uh, <laughs> go with uh, Jason Whitaker's middle name, which is apparently Caution, mm. which is the most boring middle name you could ever imagine. I'm so mad. AJ, My middle name is Danger. It should be like exciting. It's fucking 
Caution? Wait, is his on, middle name? It's not his real middle name. It's not really his no, middle name. No, I know, but he thinks he sounds so fucking cool. It's like, like that's a that's delivered like it's like it's like a spy line, and it's no, like you just said that your middle name is Temperance. <laughs> okay, so, so this is this is something I wanted to talk about actually, and this is something I'm curious about from you, Chaz. Is like yes. the way that he writes, the way that Phil Lawler writes this dialogue, what he thinks cool sounds like. Again, I I I, I was just struck while listening to it by the fact that this was written for children. It just, it just, it just <laughs> it's so strange to me. It, 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 it feels like it wants to be, uh, you know, again, going back to the, the, the whole, the plot of viruses and terrorists and American and European cities being at mm-hmm. risk and, and the middle East, it just feels like something I would never have watched as a kid. I guess, or, or listened to, I, it's, it sounds like some, like the plot of like a Michael Bay movie or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, oh, yeah, not, yeah. not entertaining. <laughs> right, right. There's well, no explosions. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to describe a few things here that might sound like they could be interesting, but I promise you that they are deeply boring. <laughs> Jason does a hitman stakeout. He gets seized by Mustafa and brought back to the castle. Mm-hmm. He ends up in there with Tasha. Tasha exposits about Ruku because we need to know even more about this fucking virus. because yeah, they have crates of it that they're transporting and they're gonna dump into the Swiss water supply. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the thing from Deus Ex, yeah. right? Um, also, Regis Blackard is there. It turns out that he's an inside man for the uh, European security agency. There's a fantastic moment here where Blackard, after being thrown into the cell, starts talking about wit. And like a complete fucking moron, Jason gives up his actual identity (laughs) as well as Wit's current location. Oh, yeah, right. Dog shit, OPSEC. What are you doing? They're all so bad at their jobs. But anyway, we get apologetic, you know? Oh, I know. And we get this whole we get this whole back and forth. Right. And then and then the ESA guys bust in and Blaggard gets owned. Yeah. So so Regis Regis gets injected with the Roku virus. I feel like I don't need to play this. It's just like it's about to be Jason. Jason's going to be like an example for everyone else who's about to get Roku poisoned. And then Regis jumps in front of the syringe right. <laughs> just in <Yep>. time. <laughs> and then Regis fucking dies. Yeah. I'm right here, sir. Tell your father. I, I love him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Regis is gone. Wow. Forever. I, I I feel like we shouldn't skip over the fact that the Mustafa's plan is to poison the water supply just because they make such hay of it in the next episode yeah. for some reason. Right. Well, it's important. Uh, it's important to the way the virus works, it turns out. Be, like we have Joker. to have a couple extra layers of complexity here because, of course, we do. I Look, we'll, we'll keep talking about this after the break. I'm pissed off. Yeah. I hope you all are, yeah, too. Yeah, because then we're going to get into a name, not a number, part two. Where we're back Whoa. in Odyssey, and all of a sudden, the Empire comes home. Stay tuned, I hope. Good hello, listeners. It is me, Pinky, former bodyguard of Dr. Regis Blackard, child psychologist, and current member of the greatest European organization that the British are not currently trying to escape, the European Security Agency, or ESA. Have you ever found yourself thinking, I love having my privacy violated, but which could be decidedly more European? Then have I got an organization for you? ESA does everything to keep the citizens of Europe safe. We listen to your phone calls. So join the ranks as a proud members of ESA and stop terrorists from countries that sounds like we just kind of made up in order to instill fear in the hearts of European children everywhere. You will be making a difference, not just in the lives of the children you're frightened, but also in your own. Listeners, 
If I may speak from the heart, things were not great for Pinky for a long time. After a brief existential crisis caused by choking my good friend Greg to death, I went on a personal journey of self-discovery. Pinky ate. Pinky prayed. Pinky loved. But throughout my many religious fuck travels, I didn't feel like I was getting any closer to myself. Truthfully, it felt like Pinky was running away from Pinky. I joined Isa because I wanted to help other people and leave this world better than I found it. But more and more lately, it feels like I'm making things worse. Every day, I listen to all of your weird Alexa orders for anal beads and pineapple Fanta. But I'm slowly coming to the realization that all of that might actually be detrimental to the world. And to my slowly crumbling mental health, I am an emotional landmine about to burst. You are tearing me apart, Isa. Oh, ah, uh, pardon me, listeners. It appears there's someone rapping, rapping on my chamber door. Good, hello. Darkness here and nothing more. Oh. And also a telegram. I know what you have done. Stop. And I know the pain you feel in your heart. Stop. If you want to change the world, stop. Come to the town of Odyssey, Ohio. Stop. Learn Legorium. P.S. Tell no one. Who the fuck is no one? Chaz, you know what whipping shitties is, right? No, I don't. I, I can kind of guess. Well, he didn't ask you, AJ. <laughs> I don't know what whipping <laughs> shitties is. Wait, not even. No, whipping shitties. It's, it's, it's doing donuts. It's it's. What oh. is that a Michigan thing? No. Okay, hold on. It might oh, be an on. upper Midwest thing. I, I know people from Wisconsin call it. Yeah, that's shitties. that's a Michigan thing. Then there's nothing. Wisconsin doesn't have its own culture. <laughs> <laughs> is it because well, you do it in a shitty car and you're whipping it around, or I think is it because so, yeah. you're shitting? Like while no, you you're do it, your shitting. shits are getting whipped out. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know the way that that you you people talk. Look, we're back. We're we whipping should, we, shitties. We're not. Um, no, we're not. We are, we are not whipping safely shitties. in the confines of our immobile homes. As is Jason Whitaker, it turns out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is episode two ninety one. A name, not a number. Part two. Uh, this was December 3, 1994 was the original air date. Once again, Phil Lawler continuing the saga. And I think you said, AJ, that like, yeah, that this is why the hell is this a two parter? Why? Why? No, it has no need to be. Uh, they record this entire first scene, I'm assuming, in a cave. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the rare sound L's for this show that I don't know where or how they are in space in this scene. Blackard knew the risks. He didn't die in vain, Tasha. He helped prevent Red Scorpion from infecting the world with a deadly virus. That's just mm. it. He didn't. What do you mean? I mean the world was never in any danger from that virus. What are you talking about? She's talking about TA-418. Okay, I'm a little confused here. How does TA-418 fit into all this? When I ran tests on the virus, I discovered that Ruku is extremely unstable. It can only live inside the vacuum seal containers Red Scorpion hijacked. If okay. it's exposed oh. to even the slightest amount of air, it dies instantly. Okay. In fact, the okay. only way to get the virus yeah. is to have it injected oh, directly what? into your system. Hmm. But Red Scorpion okay. was going to dump it into uh, Geneva's water supply. That's because yeah. they thought it was deadly as it was. 
But oh. without TA-418, they could dump it in the water supply until doomsday and it wouldn't hurt a fly. Oh, okay. Until doomsday. Yeah, sure. It's, it's important. It's important. This is really it's important. June 16th already. It's an anaerobic virus. So you can't you can't distribute it in this fashion. I'm I'm gripped. I am fascinated. <laughs> I just love the whole thing was a red herring. Yeah. Which is yeah. Like, okay. None well, of that matters. A red scorpion. A red scorpion. I think I think I think that's the thing that's so infuriating from a storytelling perspective is like okay, so literally nothing that just happened mattered at all. Yeah. That entire first episode did Excuse not. Excuse me. A major recurring character died. Well, but in he vain didn't, though. But he did. Yes, he did. He's, he's so, dead he, from his veins. No, but he's so obviously he's dead. not actually he's dead. dead. Josh, no, but he's, he's dead. Not, it didn't get exposed <laughs> to air. He died. He got Ruku. Killed him. <sighs> it's got to it's got to create the triangle, you know, Tasha Whitaker and the Great Dutchman of 1812. <laughs> well, so here's where we go and 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 figure out this whole Tasha Wit connection. Yeah. yeah. What the records don't show is that no complete formula for TA-418 exists. How okay. <laughs> because the T in TA-418 stands for Tasha. <gasps> you created oh. it? <laughs> I was one of the creators, yes. So Tasha's just out here making fucking bioweapons. There is no reason yeah. for anyone to be making TA-418 and 418 but, unless but, it's to create a but, weaponized but, version of a, of a mostly, like, harmless virus no i brian i i see you i hear you i'm holding space yeah. for you but it's ta <laughs> who does the a, a stand oh, that's for? a good question josh let's see so when Ass. i closed down the operation i had molly nail it to the only person i was certain i could trust my father why him remember i told you the t in ta418 stands for tasha sure does yeah. well the a stands for avery Hold what? on. Wait a second. Yeah. Why? John Avery Whitaker. Your father helped me develop the no, compound uh, through his applesauce program. This is uh, applesauce. This is applesauce. fucking evil. This is like, yeah. yeah, so so Wit was the guy who figured out you could use Zyklon B on humans. <laughs> we just don't <laughs> want also, that to fall into the wrong hands. Of course. Hey, hey you know what TA could also stand for? Tasha. Oh. It's just the first two letters of her yeah, name. Yeah, but it but doesn't. It, 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 it stands for tits and ass. It does. It stands uh. for Tasha Avery. <laughs> Why is middle name? Why not TJ? It's a secret, AJ. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> He's Why trying to hide his identity. Then why isn't she? Like, They're tripping you up, man. It's a fucking code. This Damn. is this is so stereotypical Lawler because this is what a dumb person thinks smart people yeah, do. Yeah. Smart yeah. people don't do Wait this. Wait till shit. you find out what the 418 means, AJ. You don't find it's just it's just numbers. Do they no, steal a loaf of bread? <laughs> like what? I feel like we've uh, they're planting the seeds for uh, the next generation to not take COVID-19 seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yes! So so fun fact, Paul McCusker, the other main writer of Adventures in Odyssey in like 2012 co-wrote a book about vaccine researchers in Africa creating a new virus that becomes oh, a global boy. epidemic. John Stewart loves that book. Is the implication that the the benevolent uh, sort of patriarch of Odyssey is also creating bioweapons yes. or yes. is he just, it's yes. just yes. so so they found this virus, Ruku virus, 
which can be very deadly. But if it's exposed to air or water, et cetera, blah, 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 it's dead. But with this formula, they have figured out how to weaponize it in the same way that we had figured out how to like weaponize anthrax, things like that in the past. And how the CIA created AIDS, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was a part of firm hand. And now it's just gotten a little bit out of control. Well, and this is really interesting, right? Because it's not. But (laughs) it's fascinating. I'm great. there's something here. I'm buffaloing about, all over the place. I, I know you are, Brian. There's there's something here about the way that the United States government can be trusted with power like yeah. this. The problem only comes when it's outside because we hear that, yes, they were doing this work for the United States government. And Jason even says something like, well, I don't like to talk about. You know, I never talked to my dad about the work that he did with the U.S. government because I didn't want to know. Or yeah, something. we didn't want to, we didn't and want to blow the secrets. Right. So it's this idea of like this benevolence that exists when it's the U.S. But the moment that it falls into foreign hands, forget about it, which is honestly very similar to the logic of something like 24. For instance, yeah, I was going to say it's it, it's it's not really all that unique to a show like this. It's no. it, the, the idea of American exceptionalism is sort of like in a ton of entertainment, both for kids and well, a ton of it for adults, too. It's like, yeah, we put this together. It would be so bad if the wrong people got this. What is what what is the upside? What happens when the right people right. get right. it? People are right. still going to be dying from a virus that previously no one was getting sick from. Like, right. if but you they won't attack us because they'll know it's a preventative. If you weapon, are making right? yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of disease on purpose. You should not only be killed, but you should be publicly executed in front of millions of hooting and hollering cretins like me to be an example to the rest of humanity. Because this is a war crime. Like yeah. they, they, yeah. they are, they are creating biological agents of mass destruction. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, the, I guess the danger of thinking too hard about all this stuff, but it does make you wonder how hard they were thinking mm-hmm. about uh, this stuff yeah. when they were writing it. Oh, they were very, very particular. About I think you're right. Every AJ. word choice yeah. that they used every time, every interview that you find yeah. of yeah. these two uh, is just it's so clear that they think that they have crafted this masterpiece <laughs> yeah. oh my of God. children's storytelling. But not only that, but that it is it is important work. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. that. They, right. they that's why they translated it is. into Russian so that Russians yeah, can finally yeah, yeah, yeah. build families, which they'd never done before. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Never once. They couldn't figure it out. They, they couldn't were, focus. They would have a kid, but inside that kid would be a smaller kid. And then yeah. they would just that's keep true. going and going right. and going right. and going. Right, 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 right. right. But it was... It, <laughs> I mean, it's in Tolstoy, right? All 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 fam- unhappy families are the same. All unhappy families are different in every way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, if they'd only focused, yeah. they they would have been. All they would have been families. so much happier. I'm always saying this. <laughs> Why are there so many smaller mothers inside of my large mother? Like, I want one that's approximately the size of an average human mother. No smaller, no larger. <laughs> We're doing great, folks. We're not completely insane. This is fine. This is fine. We're we haven't normal. been exposed to any sort of virus. <laughs> We've only been exposed to the woke mind virus. Yeah, but 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 to that's your point, right. Jess, like it is. The, they they did put a lot of time and thought into yeah, this. Yeah. It's just that there there was a limit to that thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's just yes, that they're yes. not very smart people. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I did I listened even to like this uh, three hour long. Don't ask me why. I have yeah. A you talk about the uh, shit. I have never. I did not subject myself to that. Come on. 
But it was like Phil Lawler debating the finer points of a really stupid episode he wrote with a fan. And <laughs> when I say debate, I mean debate. He was going up. into it. And it's yeah. like, dude, you're like 60 something years old and you are like talking to an 18 year old. What are you doing? But he really, truly, Phil Lawler believes that what he is creating is the absolute zenith of the format, that he is doing something that has not and could not be done by anyone else, and that he is presenting it to you freely. With his heart, he's offering it to you. <laughs> and what, well, what I will say <laughs> is that in terms of the field that he's in, he is. He is offering the best mm-hmm. that, that Christian mm-hmm. children's entertainment or yeah. Christian entertainment. The stuff for adults is worse. Than the stuff yes. for kids. I would argue that VeggieTales is better than Odyssey. That's true. VeggieTales is an outlier. In yeah. terms of Christian entertainment, it is the zenith. But it is. But that's also a visual mm-hmm. one, right? You're you're right. In terms of like audio dramas, this well, is in sort terms of, of Christian, I mean, in audio terms dramas. of everything that is being made for Christians, that's not VeggieTales. We'll say we'll just circle VeggieTales because that that is something that I think did did step up. Um, this this Kirk Cameron can't compete with this. Um, Jerry Jenkins can't compete with this. Yeah, and I will say that actually, Jason gives me Kirk Cameron vibes yeah. a little generic bit. Like that yeah. He is sort of the generic yeah. white yeah. guy for sure. Uh, uh, thing, and it it you know, and this episode asks us, you know, it, it sort of thrusts on our backs that we now have to take Jason it seriously as us? a sexual. It thrusts on okay. our backs, okay, uh, and, and and releases a sticky goo <laughs> that over, we yeah. now have to deal with, which is that Jason Whitaker. Fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he does. For sure. Fuck specifically. For sure. He really wants he, to thrust on her back. Yeah. He supermans yeah. that hoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing, I, I don't think I, I clipped it. But he wants to marry her. Yeah. He does. He, he does her. want to yeah. marry her. And yeah. that actually becomes yeah. a big problem later. Um, the reason why Wit was so important in the development of TA 418. We're getting in the plot again, AJ. I'm sorry. I saw your eyes just droop like you were having a stroke. Um, <laughs> is that that's not a bit? They actually is that Wit's contribution came through using computers to develop a yes. protein folding software, and he developed a program for that computer. Say it with us at home, folks, because I know you know you know what we're about to say. That program was called. Applesauce. Applesauce. Oh, that sauce. In the episode that was about originally was pretty obviously just an an analogy for the tree of good and evil, right? Mm -hmm. And and as we'll also remember, in terms of what the program did, well, you could turn it on (laughs) and you could push a button and it would make the trains go really fast. It would make the blender freak out. (laughs) And then Uh it would go to phase two. Which was to develop a virus. <laughs> <laughs> it starts doing like fucking protein folding and genome sequencing Wits or something. A multitasker, you know, he's it's like, I need to so handle, I need to do diagnostics good. at wit's end, and then also uh, make a bio weapon. AJ, did this feel like we opened a door for you? You finally learned uh, what applesauce was. Are you so excited? Can I be really honest? I was so bored. I didn't even hear applesauce. <laughs> how do you? Well, how do you feel now? How do I feel? How do I feel now? Well, I, I guess blenders are a gateway drug to like. <laughs> 
I don't know, war crimes is, I guess, the next thing. I don't care. Like, the other thing is that, like, ultimately... Yeah, you better start caring, AJ. No, I know. You I know I should. You start believing in war crimes, Miss Turner. <laughs> I'm in one. Uh, but it is... It, it, it does... That part of it is, is deeply uninteresting to me. The inner confines of Wit's End as a House of Leaves uh-huh. double is what's <laughs> interesting to me. The unknowability of Wit's End. And actually, well, what gets they, they relate to each other. You will find out that they will relate to each other. AJ. Oh, boy. But like the yeah. thing is, is that like what's disappointing is finding the answers. Right. This is yeah. sort sure. of like yeah. this is the lost syndrome in a lot of ways, yeah. which is it's just like once they start actually solidly answering things. And actually, to be fair, I think lost does a pretty good job of answering most of its like major mysteries. I think that's fine, but I'm feeling what a lot of fans of Lost expressed when the finale happened, which was just like, oh, we want answers. And then they're given them. It was like, oh, not these. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's how I feel about this, which is just like, oh, okay. So applesauce, this is like, okay, this gets to a larger point, And I was thinking about this okay. earlier today, <laughs> Okay, which is that the imagination station is kind of a bullshit machine yeah. because it's not it's actually a misnomer because it's not about using your imagination no right not really no. right it's about remembering and reenacting old historical events things that happened using your imagination to still live in the realm of reality yes and what makes me so mad is that that's not what the imagination is for but it leads to this thing where like now we're getting answers for applesauce and they're the most ban- I mean they're banal yeah. in that they exist in the real world there's nothing mythical or fun about yeah, it. Yeah. It's just like, how can we turn imagination into fucking paperwork? And <laughs> jazz- well, I, I was going to say that I, I I think it's because the genre, even though this is like an adventure story and there's like fantasy and science fiction and all and 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 thriller aspects to it. At the yeah. end of the day, it's it's a, it's capitalist realism or capitalism. You know, mm. it's it's it, mm. it's it's not. It, you can't imagine too 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 grandly. Yeah, yeah. Or or you start straddling into uh alternate uh alternative uh ways of 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 doing things uh which yeah. we can't question too hard it, it reminds me a bit of like of ducktales and kind of the 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 carl barksy uh stories of you know uncle scrooge the the bene- benevolent capitalist adventurer yeah. and his uh his family who he takes on adventures and, and every every episode or every comic story has starts with with some setup that frequently has nothing to do with anything that's occurred before if it involves an invention from like gyro gear loose or involves uh some uh, you know escapade that that is related to one of the other family members like uh you know gladstone gander or something <laughs> um uh, it all it all kind of starts in duckburg but kind of goes off into the world the difference though is that i think with carl barks and ducktales it was good and and, and, <laughs> and it, it frequently did involve the imagination and this you know again it just sort of gets stuck in the weeds yeah. it just really uh this this was uh, this episode man was really <laughs> well <laughs> I, I, I think i think the point about the limit of the imagination is well made and the fact is it also reflects the limits of the imagination of the writers mm-hmm. right yeah this sure. is the best that they can come up with yeah we get a bunch of we get a bunch of double crosses philby yep. is a double crosser uh, Mustafa you, you called has, it jazz. Yeah, you know, it was right. Yeah, in the Mustafa escaped. He tracked Tasha down. There's this whole meeting at a park, but then Jason drops a little special code to let everyone know right. what's going on. And the code breaker two, Delta 24, all this shit. 
Um, they go to a gazebo in McAllister Park. AJ doesn't remember any of this, even though he has a whole thing about gazebos and parks. No, um, no, I actually wrote down <laughs> there's something going on at the gazebo. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, yeah. they make a Princess Bride reference. Then Jason is like, oh, yeah, the formula's in the safe. Let's bring you to the safe. He goes to right. its office where the safe is. And, of course, the computer room is directly behind one of the bookshelves. And then he he runs applesauce on them. Oh. Open the safe. Okay, if that's what you want. Voice recognition required. Computer, Who's this, this guy? is Jason Mabel. Open yeah, that's good now. All of these sound effects are from XCOM. I just wanted to point that out. Stop it! Touch it! Get down! Where are you? What is that? Stop it! Stop it! Ow! Stop it! Ow! Computer end program. Sorry about the vase, Dad. I hope you planned all that. So some of the action is pretty vague in these episodes. This is just nonsense. What's happening? Well, what's interesting is like oftentimes in this show they do real foley. Yeah, like where where they have guys. Yeah, very dedicated foley artists. They'll take like boots and they'll stamp them on the thing Mm -hmm. to make people watch. These are literally just sound effects from a library. Like I said, I wasn't joking. If you go play XCOM UFO Defense, Mm -hmm. you will hear all of these sound effects. But yeah, completely illegible. Like it's. It's, 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 are it's, these guys it's getting electrocuted? Apparently, the lights are too bright. Is is there a, is there? A, did he hack a turret? Is a turret shooting? <laughs> are they getting hit with bullets? How did the vase is this break? A, is this prey? Is this the game prey? Twenty seventeen? Is there a typhon stalking the area? I, I, another thing so we should, we should mention mm. is yeah, that is what Ruku does too. Uh, another thing we should mention is that Jason is living in Wit's End now. He's refused his father's house, like Fonzie over the Cunningham's garage. <laughs> yeah, he says there's plenty of room for him because Tom Riley is comes in as like mayor and it's like you know like oh you know I'm living your in your dad's house and he's just like yeah that's good and he's just like and he's just like no no i like i like masturbating uh directly above the ice cream yeah, parlor is he, is he it's living, what gets me off is he living in the office or is he living in the like the attic with the old organ in it? it's not specific yeah. is he, is he All... just sticking his dick in in the the pipe organ and pulling out and going ah oh. Yes, yeah. it, like father, like son, right? This was my great grandpappy's old fucking organ, and he passed <laughs> it down to my grandpap, who passed it down to my pap, and now I'm the last of the line, and I just keep <laughs> fucking the organ. <laughs> keep it nice and lubed for my son. When he comes of age, he's gonna get the fucking organ. I'm buffaloing all up in these pipes. <laughs> hey, hey. Philby is the big bad, I guess, but then it turns out that he's not because after the safe is opened, he gets neutralized. There's something called Philby Enterprises. This is a fucking mess. Oh, yeah, Philby, the whole reason that Philby's doing this is because he wants to start his own syndicate. He, he wants yeah. to break off from Red Scorpion and the European Security Agency and the NSA and everything. It's just like, okay, here's a bunch of stuff happening now. Yeah. Well, they're going to take Mustafa in, right? They got him mm-hmm. pretty much dead to rights. Yep. Right. Uh, but then... He makes a daring escape. Looks like it's over for Red Scorpion, Mustafa. No! Red Scorpion will never die! Never! <laughs> I love that. I love that. Jumps out the second floor window, breaks his ankle, no. but still manages to make it to the getaway car. 
so it was like funny. he's jumping from 12 stories. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are two stories up. It's like, oh, yeah. a whole 10 oh. foot jump. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing about Wit's End. What happens around it gravitationally mm. is not quite the same right. as around any other house. Right. So he does actually fall for canonically 10 years before hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. But to everyone else, it passes in but a second. Ah. He lives in a torturous free fall oh, for several, several It's like decades. that episode yeah. of Futurama. Like, yeah, he's just constantly caught in the loop. Yeah. It is weird that they cut him screaming six Tyrannus as he was uh, falling and breaking uh, his right. ankle. Yeah. Uh, but Mustafa does, he gets away. Yeah. He gets in his get- getaway car and makes it out of it. And also, it's winter now. Yes, yeah, they established that it's winter. <laughs> it is not possible. You are dead. I gave you the shot myself. Do you think I'd allow you to come near me with the real Ruku virus? No. Abdul here filled the syringe with the vitamin complex. Actually, once I got out of the morgue, I never felt better in my life. Then, then you are not working with European security? Oh yes, I am. Or oh. was. Oh, was. Well, they think I'm dead. Oh. Then, then we can still work together. There is a synthetic compound called TA-418. It makes the Ruku virus unstoppable. The revolution can still succeed. (laughs) Mustafa, Mustafa. I know about TA-418. I've always known. Earl Bone's having way too much fun here. Do you think I cared about your petty revolution or your mosquito of a group? There is so much more going on here than you can possibly understand or even imagine. But you have fulfilled your purpose. For that, I thank you. Of course, you also stabbed me with a needle. And for that, Mm. make it look like an accident, Abdul. No, no, wait! I can help you! Another very confusing bit of action. What's happening here? I can't afford to have any loose ends lying about. No, goodbye, Mustafa. No, no, no! (laughs) So, he's just in a car. Right. My, but it's good to be back again. So mm. what what comes out in the little wraparound is that they explain that he was found crashed in his car, like it had gone to the bridge and slipped on some ice and crashed into the river. Oh, what? Uh, and I don't yeah. know what the yeah. hell that's supposed to, how we're supposed to draw that from this. So there's a line that we just heard that I want to point up in Chaz, and I want to ask you about it. Yeah. Um, the line is that uh, Regis Blackard says there is so much more going on here than you possibly understand or even imagine. <laughs> and this line, this line, this line haunts me, and I'm wondering if if you feel similarly about it as a playwright, just in terms of the construction of the sentence. Oh, how 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 indicative this is of Odyssey's writing in general. I actually feel like that's that it, it, it it's a tell. I, I think mm-hmm. the writers are, are revealing that they don't know anymore what's going on. Mm. That, that, that the, the, yeah. you know, I'm sure the the process of writing one of these episodes took a weekend. Oh no, I think it took a lot more than that. If you listen to the interviews, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I feel like it, it, it. You do get lost, and and yeah. and I'm not sure that it holds together. And I feel like they I, they seem lost to me. Yeah. In, in, in their own plot. Yeah, no, they're definitely like feeling this as they go along with the original applesauce stories. It's like there's no reason to believe it has anything to do with the bioweapon because they they, it was just a MacGuffin. And here it's like Regis is saying, oh, no, there's so much more to this than you could imagine. 
And spoiler alert, no, it's 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 so it's, we never find out more. No, it's, about, it's just Ruku. It's still just Ruku. Yeah. Like that's that's good enough, honestly. <laughs> you don't yeah. really yeah, need it, it is, to be more than a virus that could kill everybody. Right. <laughs> no, no, the Ruku is enough in this, and it it's one of those things where, like, I I have been guilty of like introducing things that are like. Uh, that that are very vague. Like it's two characters talking about a thing that yeah. they both know about that me as the writer does not necessarily know every avenue oh, totally. that, that can go, right? Mm-hmm. That That is a very good trick. Yeah. But Chaz, I think you're 100% right. It is such a tell when you just kind of vaguely gesture and say, oh yeah, we have, there are yeah. secrets. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You don't imagine. You, you don't understand. What else do you yeah, not do? <laughs> it's also very, I think it, it just shows the contempt that Lawler has for his audience because he thinks we're all very dumb and he he says it's like i i would i I would amend that actually aj i would say it's not that he thinks that the audience is dumb it's that he thinks he is so smart Uh, he thinks mm. that as intelligent as the audience is and he does believe in the intelligence of his audience he's just a bit smarter and that's a significant difference i think but i wonder if for someone you know if someone really pushed him to tell us what is really going on here if he would know. And this reminds me a little of the other cherished uh, uh, children's entertainment of, you know, 90s comic books where, you know, you'd 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 get some twist at the end of, uh, you know, X-Men 356 <laughs> or something like that. Right. Sure. And, and some maybe we'll find out who the real the real villain was. And, and you know, by, yeah, by, and then, by the, and then the next do, author takes over and like, yeah, that right. was stupid. I don't really want to play with that anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that are stupid that I don't want to deal with, we get uh, Jason's love life comes back yeah. in a big yeah. way at the end oh, yeah. here. Uh, yeah. We get a line that actually kind of predicts a spy franchise, which I <laughs> yeah. thought was very interesting. She says, Jason, you were born. Ooh. To do this work, yeah, she she's she's riding off into the sunset, and he's he's Mister Ice Cream Man now. So I wanted to bring up the discussion questions for this episode. Mm. The official Ooh. focus on the family discussion. I hate questions. these questions <laughs> so much, dude. Um, oh, I forgot to mention too with the with the CIA episode, uh, they actually made little storybooks based on some old Adventures in Odyssey episodes for Chick Fil A kids meals. And one of them was of the CIA dad episode. Anyway, hmm. um, just think wow. of the various ephemera that are made for these things. So discussion yeah. questions for a name, yeah. not a number. Parts let's, one let's, and let's two. Do it. Question one. Yeah. Do you think what Jason did for a living is good or bad work for a Christian? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I don't I don't. Do, do you want us to discuss these questions, Brian? I want you to give are me you, an answer. Yeah, is okay. it good or bad uh, work for a Christian? Uh, it's bad work for anyone. Well, and it, being an event planner is a very noble profession. <laughs> sure. You know, okay. I think I think Christians and non-Christians alike can do there's it. There's a okay. There's a there's another bullet point here. Yeah. Explain your answer. No, fuck you. <laughs> no, not doing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number two: Is there such a thing as a synthetic virus in real life? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Explain. Uh-huh. Well, uh, wow. you see, the, they're in real. The year and they're my friend. <laughs> okay, one more question. That's it. One more yeah, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Chaz, you have to answer this one. This is oh, yeah, okay. this is for Chaz. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. Okay, so, so Chaz, why do you think some people want to do things to hurt their own country? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
they hate they hate freedom yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 just it's no it's no more complex than that <laughs> yeah that one does not ask you to explain it so that's that's oh, good yeah okay. yeah oh good 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 i'm, I'm not sure i could <laughs> Uh, well, oh, every once in a while, God. it's like when it gets more plot oriented and more like away from little Bible lessons for kids, I'm always like, okay, what's the Bible verse going to be? What are the discussion right. questions going to be? The Bible verse is just like nations rise up and conspire, whatever. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the discussion questions, though, that's just, they're just so rich here. That's good shit. <laughs> yeah. By yeah, the way, into it. this episode concludes with Tasha giving Jason a Morse code note yeah. saying, I love you. Mm. Yeah. So mm. nice. And he, he blinks back at her. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got one episode left yeah. here. Uh, and this is episode and it is not a doozy. This is no. There's barely no. anything here. Wow. So this wow. is this is episode 293, A Code of Honor. Which I straight uh, up just don't even remember, honestly. Well, why would you? This was December 17, 1994, written by written by Paul McCusker. And yeah. yes, this is the episode that introduces the concept of the Israelites. The Israelites which, yes, AJ, this will come back. You know what I think? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't, AJ. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> okay, okay. So here's 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 the thing. You know, if only. God, if only there were an example in the Bible Mm -hmm. of people doing good deeds for each other and not expecting anything in return. If only (laughs) there was like some guy, Samara, Uh Samara, no, I can't. There's just nothing. We have to go with Israelites. We have to fucking co-opt an entirely different culture. I I would love if they called themselves the Samaritans and then they also like held a really strong belief that the temple should be built on Mount Gerizim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, wait, but I, I always thought the point of the, of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan story was that it, it, they, I mean, the Samaritans were Israelites, but, yeah. the, but the idea was that they were not a, not a pleasant group of Israelites. And that the, the point of the story was that there actually was one good one. Yeah. And you would never expect a gang to do good. <laughs> I'm just saying. So at the beginning of this episode, Jack comes by Jason's room at Wits End, where, again, Jason is living to pay him a visit. Yeah. Uh, Jason yeah. is like, yeah, no, I don't need a house. Wits End is great. It's fine. I love it. And so Jason actually invites Jack to come over the next day and dig through the basement for some stuff that's ephemera, right? Because yeah. Jack's got a lot of memories of what playing with wit was like as a kid. And I'll be honest, I actually kind of liked this first scene. Good angle. Yeah. It felt yeah. lived in, it felt real. And I thought that it was setting something up that did not happen. No, here you see some mm. of Paul McCusker's like latent Catholicism coming into play where, you know, he wants there to be angels and visions and things yeah. like that. This is also tying things in. And I didn't know this and I haven't read them still uh, to the original Adventures in Odyssey novels. Oh. At this time, oh. in or I guess about two years earlier, Paul McCusker wrote some novels, one of which is called The Secret Cave of Robin Wood. And so it's like these books are sort of prequels to Adventures in Odyssey. Mm. Like they're set a little bit before Connie and Eugene show okay. up. But of course, after Wit's End has been purchased and, and started. Mm. So there's a different lady working at wit's end i don't know if jimmy the original jimmy is part of all of this but uh paul mccusker is bringing that continuity into the fold he's saying these things are canon and they are part of adventures and odyssey on the whole and that canon mostly is to do with the israelites i'm assuming is that something that makes its appearance Mm. in the novels yeah because Mm. we get this reminiscing and you know they're down in the basement they're digging through shit uh jack comes across a book and he's like whoa i think i saw this in a dream or something 
I don't know what it is. It, a ledger? Yeah, it, it seems to be written in some sort of code. Mm -hmm. Letters and numbers? But, but look at the pages. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah, a variety of handwriting, as, as if several different people wrote in it from time to time. Uh -huh. Oh, look here. Some of the handwriting looks young. Ah, a, a diary maybe, huh? Yeah, or or maybe minutes taken from some sort of meeting. And look there, some of the, some of the entries are in Dad's own hand. Ah, I remember when your dad and I were kids, we used to keep a journal of our adventures. But he insisted we write it in a secret code just in case it fell into the wrong hands. Oh, secret agents. No, our parents. Oh. <laughs> uh, John Avery Whitaker, 50 Pops coin. <laughs> See, is that also Alan Young? That is also Alan Young. Yeah, yeah, that's him doing, Without doing his uh, yeah. American slash Canadian accent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jack and Wit, they were friends as children. Then there's this book... Um, Jack had a dream about this, but the dream was not him looking at this book with Jason. It was with somebody else. And so we're going to yeah. follow whatever this line of intuition is for the rest of the episode. Jack then is like, yeah, well, what could it be? And Jason's like, well, I could probably crack this code. I know a thing mm -hmm. or two about cracking codes because, again, he works for the NSA. Yep. So yeah. Jack's like, yeah, go for it. And Jason takes the book. So Jack meets up then with Connie, right? They discuss the news in the papers. Yeah, Con uh, Connie loves reading her newspaper. Yeah. Mayor Tom Riley said he's going to reconsider the zoning regulations for the south part of town. And Tom Riley's oh, a Yimby. Yeah, another robbery last night. <laughs> another robbery? <laughs> A stereo was stolen out of Donald Milford's car and his windows bashed in. Mm. And the night before that, someone spray painted the side of the community center. Mm. Seems like there's been something almost every night for the past couple of weeks. Any suspects? No. But the police figure it was done by a gang. <sighs> you know, it is so strange. I remember stuff like this happening when I lived in California, but I never expected <gasps> it not. <laughs> Kids are listening to jazz music now, and they're all committing crimes. My God. Uh, did anyone notice the buildings get taller in Odyssey? <laughs> uh -huh. All because of Tom Riley's Yimby proposals to get rid the of fucking regulations. Good Lord. <laughs> He's building up. He's making a 15-minute city, motherfucker. <laughs> and this is what a 15-minute city means. Crime. Yes. Oh, yes. God. It's, it's so... The, ga the gangs of Odyssey, roaming Odyssey. And, and just to be clear, Brian, yeah. these this is not the roaming gang of homosexuals that would no, go no, on no, that's, to that's decades the place later, yeah. In decades oh. later. But it's the same idea, yeah. well, right? Is this that is, gangs have come to Odyssey. So, so Connie mentions a little bit later in this conversation, she's like, we don't really have gangs. Well, there's Rodney Rathbone's gang, the Bones of Wrath. But they're not a real Yeah, rat. they mostly just, like, hurt children. So that's not as bad as <laughs> spray-painting a fence. Yeah, well, adults should hurt however, children. Yeah, they're not, they're, not, they're not committing property crime. This is the Catholic is, Church, I yeah. <laughs> They're not committing property crime, which no. is the highest form of crime that one no, can commit. No, but then Jack says, yeah, it starts with these small things, and then it gets bigger. So maybe Broken he's windows. right. Broken maybe, windows theory. Maybe mm. it really is the bones of wrath that are doing this. And why are, why, are, why, are kids, why are kids joining these gangs anyway? And why are the gangs mm. always why are the gangs always bad? Yeah. What I don't understand is why gangs always have to be bad. I don't follow you. I mean, why aren't there ever any good gangs? Oh, Oh, you mean <laughs> roving gangs oh. of kids committing random acts of charity and kindness? Well, yeah, something like that. Interesting thought. 
Wish you had an answer. Join short-term missions. Go on a short-term mission trip, child. Go yeah. for a week in World Changers or Project Serve. You're going to change the world. Shining the you light could... to those in danger. Sharing the love of the Lord with a stranger. <laughs> you could you could actually hear them turn their heads towards the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> to stare down the barrel yeah, of it's it. It's like that uh, episode where they talk about the pervasive problems of TV or the one where they talk about how Halloween is really bad. It's like they're not talking to each other anymore. Yeah. Right. No. It's theme stated. Well, you know, I, I thought this one, I mean, I, I think I said this before. I, I thought this was a much weaker episode yeah. than the than the three previous. I mean, and not and they were hardly you know, uh, <laughs> standard, gold standard of, of children's programming. But I also think one of the reasons I I I felt I, I felt this one was so weak was it was the most overtly Christian of any of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like you you really yeah. could have removed the christian themes from the other ones pretty easily mm-hmm. and it, nothing would really be different this one was like really baked in that is often the case with this show honestly yeah. Yeah. where the the best episodes are the ones that just are pretty much whatever and then chris throws in a bible verse at the end yeah um because there's not like there's not real drama here you know like what's the exciting what's the core conflict going to be we haven't even gotten to it yet you know in, in this book isn't really that interesting honestly no. i mean jason no. does uh figure it out he cracks the code but this is this is what it turns out to be best as i can figure this book contains the minutes from some sort of club a club uh-huh oh. they call themselves the minutes. israelites look you see here it was headed by someone <laughs> called david and these minutes were recorded by jonathan uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, this makes a lot more sense when you find out that basically they're just recounting a couple of books. Like they're like, here's the lore I set up sure. in the novels that no one fucking bought. Uh, oh, sure, sure, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. That. Oh God, that does make and sense. And mm. they do the thing that they love to do on Odyssey, where they 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 do the exposition twice because we get a, a rundown of what the Israelites are. Uh, like on the very basic level, then we repeat that with Emma Douglas and then we get more info from Emma Douglas in the next scene. And then we get it all repeated again in the last scene. We really have to know the intricacies <laughs> of the most boring group. It's so in the history of oh, yeah, these kids are fucking gay wads. They, <laughs> they are just get em. losers. Get em. <laughs> Connie gets a hold of the book and she's like, oh, what could this be? Oh, I don't, I, what could this be? And then she and then she recognizes one of the names. Wait a minute, Jack. I know this person. Who is it? It's Emma Douglas. She was friends with Wit. In fact, I think she even worked here for a little while before I arrived. What's it say after her name? Just garage paint. So this is the lady from the Rumor Has It episode. Because yes. they, they were fucking in the graveyard. That's the whole reason yeah. I had right, that right. episode in there was because uh, I needed to introduce Emma Douglas. And here she is. Is it possible to write this in a way that is interesting or is this always going to suck ass? No, there, I think there's absolutely a way of being. I think it should be yeah. set back one generation. Like not just like five or six years or something. I think it should be like maybe this is something that they can't they couldn't do that with wit because he's not from Odyssey. Right. But like Mm -hmm. if you're uncovering something that some other kid used to do and it probably would be better if it was focused on the kids themselves. 
or the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and but not on but not on, you know, Jack and Jason, like kids stumbling across an old clubhouse. And I feel like this is a plot that has appeared in other places before. And then they're oh, sort it's of it's like it. Stephen King, you know, it's yeah, like, it, the, the, the idea of kids do, uncovering a backstory, maybe of, with you know, fewer could, things than it has going on in it. But, well, you yeah, know, right. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I think I think Spider that is interesting. Creature. I think what would have made it better is if this wasn't just McCusker summarizing two books that he wrote and it right. was a totally new yeah. plot. Right. It was a totally yes. new idea. Then he'd be able to tell basically tell a story backwards rather than recounting something that actually exists forwards. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, it, it, I find that fascinating that so much of this episode relies on backstory established in books likely no one had read you say that i guess the this show was kind of run by these two guys how did they keep all this straight yeah so they they ended up getting a a continuity guy who also is another writer marshall younger he doesn't do quite Mm, as many episodes with his credit on them in these early years but um he was the guy who was called in to mop up the discrepancies right because this is episode 293 yeah seven years so they have a guy who's job is dedicated to keeping shit in yeah. order and getting rid of these these issues that arise because frequently yeah. i mean with, with these kinds of shared continuities and stuff things just get left out yeah. it's like you know like right. like the books don't count or you know that's like it was true of star trek it was true mm-hmm. of star wars like you know that yeah. the things that aren't the the main yeah, the klingons look course. different now who cares you know right. yeah right right but you know it, it was very clear that mccusker this was very important to yes. him and yes. my yeah. big question is why well well aj <laughs> right. because they yeah. did so many good things because gangs are a problem <laughs> listen listen to the clip well it was so long ago i don't expect it much matters now the israelites painted your garage uh-huh, uh-huh. and they often came sneaking around to do my gardening too uh-huh. <laughs> see that wasn't too long after my husband died and proud woman that i was i just couldn't bring myself to actually ask for help the israelites used to come in and work when they know i'd be away or in bed asleep mm. So they weren't just a group of kids wit pulled together to teach about the Bible. Oh, well, I expect it started that way. You know wit. <laughs> Any fun way to learn the Bible was worth trying. <laughs> they had all kinds of imaginary but, Bible adventures. Oh. But after a while, the group took on a different purpose. You okay. see, wit sent them out to help folks do all good right. deeds, to be angels of mercy in a manner of speaking. How did they get away with it? Very oh, carefully. Wit arranged it so the work could be done when people were away or in bed. He insisted on strict secrecy, what? too. This is how you get what? a child shot, motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially in a town like Odyssey. You know everybody's packing heat in Odyssey. During during the late 80s, early 90s, there is a, a, a paralyzing fear of gang violence. Yeah. Uh, and that it's going to come right to your home. And we've talked about this before, using this series as an example. You are going to get castle doctrined to your fucking grave. She actually, uh, Emma, got freaked out a little bit at one of these Israelite helpouts. And what we learned is that Wit came over to her place at night and I quote, was telling her only enough to calm her down. And this is where I put the note. I need AJ's reaction to this. I believe what he said was go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep and put chloroform. over <laughs> yeah. her nose. First of all, so many things went back here. But the big one for me is that uh, Wit would keeps trying everything to make the Bible fun. And maybe there just comes a point where we're like, hey, maybe this isn't fun for kids. And that's fine. Just let it be the important, horrifically boring text. The Catholicism just jumps out. All they need is creeds. <laughs> they just need creeds, uh, particularly the second one. Ezio owns my heart, but like, oh, there's a it. point. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a the thing that I wanted, the thing that would actually make the story interesting is the use of gangs mm-hmm. in order to get good things done. Right. I know I point I mentioned they paint houses in just yeah. before, but what I want is an Odyssey version of the Irishman. Yeah. Where like in order to get these good Christian things done, some people gotta fucking die. They, they do a bunch of <laughs> CGI reverse aging on Hal Smith. But the thing is, whether you're talking about like, you know, uh, inflicting violence upon the town of Odyssey or just like trying to come up with a different way to tell this story. Yeah. It's not showing anything. No, it's just yeah. telling you 100 percent. of Oh, yeah. And then this happened and then that happened. I think it's also confusing, I think, for kids, I, you know, for for something that goes so deep into backstory from quasi canonical sources like these books that are spinoffs that no one read. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me that they keep throwing out the word Israelite, which seems to me does require some unpacking. Right. Uh, and and, and I yeah. think because I think just simply equating Israelites with gangs just seems like a little bit a confusing thing to set up. Yeah. You know, that, that there were lot, tribes and lost tribes of Israelites and uh, and 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 with various uh, allegiances. And it just seems like being kept at bay by Prester John Avery Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or the, the, just, yeah, and just keep, keep it just seems like a, a, a very big thing to set up without really going into much depth mm-hmm. at all which right. i guess is sort of the point of this show but yeah no it's it's really weird uh i don't think i'm gonna read the books maybe i'll get some for josh so that he can read them uh come on what he's the only literate member of this podcast yeah, lo- you love reading i see, I see books behind him yeah, yeah. i have yeah. books too i don't open them we then get a little bit more we're, we're gonna zoom a little zoom ahead a little bit more here yeah to uh, to Billy McPherson, this this guy yes. whose whose name shows up, he's the one who apologized to Emma Douglas, and now he works at a gas station. So Billy explains what the Israelites were to him after some some coaxing. What happened to the group? Well, Mr. Whitaker said he'd keep the Israelites going only as long as we stayed interested. He didn't want it running on his desire alone. By the third summer, yes, he did. everybody went their separate ways. Of course Mostly he did. because we started liking girls. <laughs> <laughs> but those were two summers I'll never forget. The best I ever had. And then it mm. turns out Billy, he's, he's unchurched now. He's not going to church anymore. Yeah. But also, like, I feel like the less, the through line we can get from all four of these episodes is that it's good, it's fine when adults tell you that you need to keep secrets. If an adult mm. tells you something is happening and it's a secret, uh, you should keep it. Because otherwise you'll get in trouble. Yeah. And I, I think that the uh, the dark side of that messaging is pretty easily apparent. I mean, considering just the abuse that happens in organizations that are not operating entirely under the cover of night where you're breaking onto people's properties and doing their gardening for them. It happens with the Boy Scouts. It's absolutely going to happen in some sort of strange, clandestine, pseudo-criminal, uh, random acts of kindness group. I, I, it is it is fascinating knowing that these were novels. The fact <laughs> that like Jack gets like divine uh, messaging telling him about yeah. to pursue this. Right. Which is just it's it's the same thing with with fucking lost. Every time they the writer's room says the island. Anytime anyone says the island wants us to do this, it's the writer's room wants us to yeah. do this. Right. So it literally takes divine intervention to like shoehorn all of this lore into the show. And it doesn't add anything. No, no. All it does is establish the Israelites and it establishes Billy McPherson, which unfortunately for you, AJ, <laughs> will be a recurring it's, thing. It, it just feels like reportage. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. setting up this like lore and, and and without really 
showing us why any of it matters to bring it back to to the greeks uh, ooh, ooh. uh you know we, weirdly uh you know we talk about show don't tell as a, as a very I think is a much more modern kind of way of thinking about storytelling yeah. for good reason because we're it's a much more storytelling is so frequently visual these days but a lot of greek theater characters will come on a stage and and report things that happened uh off stage yeah. uh, right. be, because it to show them would have violated the three unities or would you know would have would have been uh impossible to do given the the construction of the theaters you know i think of like uh the the chariot race in in electra and sophocles electra you know the character comes on and tells you this you know almost like a um like a sportscaster mm-hmm. kind of gives you the kind of play-by-play of this of this chariot race yeah um we had a sequence in cyclops where uh back when 10 years ago when we first wrote it like there you know uh in the original uh euripides text Odysseus goes off stage for a, for a, for a few, comes back, and he and he reports on wa- having watched the Cyclops eat his men alive, yeah. you know, like watch them eat, eat them alive. And it was a, something. We, it was one of the one of the things we had to change because it, it just is sort of as powerful as some of the writing is. It's just not really that interesting. Right. Yeah. Someone tell you about right. it. This this episode pretty much just wraps up with, "Yep, the Israelites were a good gang that existed." And go back to church, Billy. I, I think it could be interesting to like if if the Israelites were being corrupted by Blackguard in some way. Like if if huh. like now after all these years yeah. he could like and that's what's causing all like the the, the dangers in the town yeah. right all the things breaking were like actually caused by him and maybe that is true maybe going far that is true I would have liked a little bit of that in this episode to make it mean something well no we, you want to know what this episode means they say it here yeah. <laughs> so what does it all mean <laughs> you know kids who did good deeds for a couple of summers several years ago. Is it supposed to mean something? Well, (laughs) considering all the gangs who go around doing evil deeds, maybe it means it's an idea whose time has come again. It's also time to ask Chaz a question, which is, you had mentioned before we started rolling, like... (laughs) What the? Why is this show called Odyssey? <laughs> Which yeah. is a question that a few people have actually asked. And I yeah. don't know that I have a good answer. Based on what you've experienced from these four episodes, why do you think the show's called Odyssey? Well, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm just sort of going off on a limb here, but um, it, the fact that it's sort of, I mean, in, in three of the episodes, it, Odyssey didn't even really feel like that big of you know, it was it was a, car- a place where a lot of them were from, mm-hmm. right? But it didn't really have mm-hmm. much bearing on the episodes themselves. And I sort of wonder if that's maybe the idea. I'm again having not really seen much else. If uh, the idea of these characters leaving the town, having an adventure somewhere exotic, and then eventually returning home is, is the reason it's called Adventures in Odyssey. You know, because Odysseus the, in the Odyssey is mm-hmm. on his way home, and he experiences a lot yeah. of adventures on the way to get home. Yeah. Uh, and home home is the most important thing for him. Uh, and and I guess it seems to Odyssey seems to be the most important place, I guess. Yeah. Small town America. Yeah. Yeah. Small town America. Yeah. Odysseus was the first one to focus on his family. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you, you could have focused harder. I yeah. yeah, have. Have. a lot of people focusing yeah. on that family. It is called Adventures in Odyssey, mm-hmm. but so often they go out and then they return. And it is that it is that arrival and departure that in many cases defines the show and makes it what mm-hmm. it is. It's about the nostalgia for this imagined like small town America yeah. uh, and and sort of the, the, the values and uh, precepts therein. But it's also about how 
coming home just feels good. Do you do you do you yeah. want to know where the name Odyssey came from? More literally, Greece. Well, <laughs> so I'm reading this from the Adventures in Odyssey wiki. Oh, okay. Lawler, yeah. oh, Phil yeah. Lawler came up with the name. Yes. He named it Odyssey after mm-hmm. seeing William F. Buckley's United Nations Journal, a delegate's no. Odyssey on his bookshelf. No fucking no. way. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. See, that my guess was my guess was answer. closer to that. My guess was closer to that. Well, I think that teases up very nicely uh, to ask Chaz a question about some of the storytelling that he is doing yeah. right now. If If people want to enjoy some good and engaging storytelling it's my understanding that your storytelling will be produced on a stage quite soon yeah uh uh, cyclops a rock opera the previously mentioned uh, adaptation of the euripides satyr play is happening at the tank in new york city from october 20th Till November 3rd. It's got a, 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 a great cast, including uh, Broadway's Eric William Morris, uh, Corey Lee Blasi, and Anissa Folds, and we're really excited about it. Sweet. If people um, want to uh, get any, like, we'll put, we'll put the links down in the notes oh, for uh, tickets yep. and stuff like that, but Hell if yeah. people want to follow you elsewhere, uh, what should they do? Yeah, um, I, I, Twitter is great. Instagram is great. That they tend to have uh, um, w- when things are happening and 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 where. When I remember to update my website, that that also has it. Also, if you would like more, the worst of all possible worlds. After listening to this delightful episode, well, guess what? We've got more. Go to <laughs> Patreon. Well, guess what? You're out of luck. Fuck you. <laughs> guess what? Go fuck yourself, yeah. asshole. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash worst of all is where you will find for five dollars a month all of our premium episodes and for $10 a month, you'll also get access to lads cast, which is a very exciting monthly direct to tape show where we just shoot the shit about whatever is on our mind. So what did we learn today? What, what, what is our Bible quote sort of for the end of this? I don't, you well, tell me. Here's my quote. <laughs> <Never! Okay. laughs> There's a moment in a code of honor when Jason is remembering something that he did as a child. He was coming up with uh, an adventure, like some sort of like thing he played with his friends. And he describes it as uh, he played as Gilbatron in the Beekner galaxy, mm-hmm. which is just so oh, just vapid terrible. and so <laughs> yeah. just fucking awful. Yeah. But it's like Pierce Anthony. It does <laughs> yeah, speak totally. to something that I actually desperately crave in this show, which is at least a little drop of some imagination. Mm. We've dealt with a lot of genre pieces today, a lot of spy thriller stuff that ultimately just falls so flat because it's all just a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy yeah. of a spy story. Yeah. Yeah. And for these people that claim to like be excellent storytellers or to take so much time crafting their worlds and crafting their art. When it comes to actually understanding what makes a good story, well, I'm just gonna quote them at themselves. There is so much more going on here (laughs) than you could possibly understand (laughs) or even imagine. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. See you next week.